I was supposed to be six feet tall. You guys were all supposed to be a three-on-three fucking basketball team. We ruined our lives. But instead, we're three (laughs) witches with a podcast. Hi, everybody. It's me, Busy Phillips. Casey St. On, Shantira Jackson, we are all collectively doing our best. Thanks for hanging in with us if this episode was a little late to you today. That's on me. But you know what? I'm doing my best, guys. Doing my fucking best. Wait, what are, what are you doing at your desk? Okay, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to do it on the phone with you. <laughs> okay. okay, so I've been working so much, you guys. And it's been wild. A journey, if you will. And part of it is that there's something called a giant snowstorm nor'easter heading our way. (laughs) Nor'easter. Yes. I've heard of those. And so it's everybody's in a tizzy. Then also, not sure if you've heard about it, a global pandemic has (laughs) hit the country and the world. And it has affected work practices and has made things tricky. But we are very safe, as safe as we can be following all these protocols. I have to say, for those of you at home who are like, what the fuck is happening right now? Well, I, I do want to say there's a lot of like sound effects happening because you're right. doing something well, very... Well, okay, guys, I'm trying to open this package because guess what was shipped to me and then was unsh- got derailed, sent somewhere else... <laughs> And then I've been working so much and it showed up today and I was like going to have it sent out to our location, but it was so far away. We were shooting so far away. And then I was like, that's not worth it. I'll just, it's our merch. Yeah. Oh my God. It took me too long to get there. I'm sorry. It's like a very dramatic unboxing. First of all, Shantira hasn't seen this. Casey. I haven't seen it. Casey's seen a bunch of it. Have you gotten it? Case? No, I've not gotten it. It's um, we're prioritizing it going to you because well, you know, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so first of all, Shantira, I think you're gonna Ooh, love this. Yeah, this I already is, love that. Yeah, this is like a. Little, I love the inside of it. I know, and it's a little track I love, jacket. I love zhuzh on the inside of stuff. Me too. I love Me it. Too. Me too. I love zhuzh. There's a penny <gasps> on the inside. For you to find secretly. And is there a penny in the pocket of this one? There's like secret pennies to be found in the merch, guys. <gasps> oh, it's so cute. I'm obsessed. So I'm obsessed with the pennies. Okay. And then there's these cute exercise leggings that you can wear with this. Or you could wear it in the snowstorm. And guys, lots of people. <laughs> wait, can I tell you? Lot, got Lots of people. I've been wearing those leggings because I've had them for a while. Because yeah. um, I needed to try them to make sure that they were up to snuff. Yeah, <laughs> up to code. If I was going to be shilling them out to you people, I needed to know that I could do a leg fit workout in them and that they would be good. Okay. Yeah, they are. So anyway, they're great. And lots of people have DM'd me asking me, what are those cute leggings? Oh. And I've had to be like, I don't know. I can't. I have an answer. <laughs> anyway, so the cute leggings and this little top go together. And then there's <gasps> the sunset sweatshirt. Look. <gasps> oh, oh, that's so good that's that a very so Arizona it's vibe it's a sunset like Arizona and then there's little soft sweatpants to match ish oh. but it's like you're a little setting sun and then there's a cozy setting sun blanket so you can wrap yourself oh. up in a sunset 
Love it. Love it. Wait, you guys, today on set, I said, uh, I was telling the saga of the bathtub in this rental place. Yeah. And just like in between setups. And one of the crew guys was like, what did you just say? And I was like, oh, I just said I'm a real bath bitch. And he's like, how is that not on a T-shirt? And I was like, I don't know. Maybe we should put it on a T-shirt. These are great, guys. I'm real happy with this merch. So let's launch it. It's launched. It's launched. Yay. Swipe up. Swipe up. Swipe up. Guys, my Mexican food just arrived. Oh, wow. This is going to wow. be the grossest it's, podcast of all time. It's a real rainbow of ripping tape and chewing tacos. <laughs> you guys. That looks good as hell. It does look good. All right. What it are you guys doing good. your best at this week? Uh, Casey, I have something that you're doing. You're doing your best at two things as far as I'm concerned. But I want to oh. hear what you think you're doing your best at. Shantira, same. Shantira, you start. Go. Okay, um, I, I've been uh, doing my best at, this might sound weird, but like uh, kind of like feeling and living in this body because I have uh, my breast reduction surgery uh, will be tomorrow or today, depending on when this comes out, the 17th of December. So like I did some yoga last night. I'm going to go skateboarding Wednesday night and just kind of remember all the ways I felt doing the things that I like to do before like my body's different for like a really long time so like i've been really like trying to like um not uh what do you call it uh not sensual but it's like really trying to feel what it's like to be in my body before it's like a whole new type of body i literally almost just started crying i was trying to eat i I put myself on mute and i was trying to eat (laughs) <laughs> but now I feel very emotional about this. And yeah, this is my last Tuesday in this body. And then tomorrow will be my last Wednesday in this body. And last weekend was my last Saturday in this body. So it's like I'm trying to remember what it feels like to be like tomorrow will be my last day in this body the way that it is. So that's oh what I'm God. doing my best at. Aww. Ritualize. That's what the word I was looking for. Trying to ritualize what it feels like to be in this body. Oh, I love you. I I know I'm really crying, but that's That's so incredible. And, um, it got me a really long way. Like this body's been with me. Obviously this might sound weird, but this body's been with me my whole life and it (laughs) has worked a lot of jobs and been really sad and been really happy and, uh, moved all across the country. And like this body will be different on Thursday. I I'll think this is one. so fucking incredible and also really important for people to hear because can I tell you something? I so I had LASIK I well, LASAC eye surgery, which is <laughs> you guys know <laughs> that the off brand. The off brand. The other version that's not LASIK, it's LASAC. It's like when I when I lived in Brooklyn, there was a restaurant called Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> It's like Kentucky fried chicken, but it's LASAC. And I had, I've worn glass. I like wore glasses my whole life and I could never see. Like I really couldn't see. I had very, very, very bad vision. And, uh, and I remember in the months after my eye surgery, I was like, I had this like weird feeling. It was almost like a morning, but of like my, I, identity as a non-seeing person yeah you know who then all of a sudden is a person who has perfect vision and it was like really kind of 
difficult for me to sort of wrap my head around what that was at the time. And you're like sort of, you're so aware because you're just the fucking best. But like to be so aware that you're like entering into this thing that's going to change you forever and change something that's like been a part of you forever. And you'll from here on out, move through the world in a different way and you are losing a part of your, you're losing a part of yourself and you're excited about it and we're excited for you. But I'm really, I think it's so incredible, Shantira, that you've like taken the moment to really acknowledge what is about to happen so that you can like move forward and have not just zero regrets, but also like, I'm so happy I had my LASAC surgery. It worked, it worked <laughs> out really, well. I'm really, really happy. I'm really excited. But, like, also, it's, like, I think that, like, the doctor was, like, when you wake up, like, your first your first breath will be different because I have so much weight on my chest. Uh, so it's, like, what does it feel like to, like, drink water in this body? What does it feel like to eat in this body? What does it feel like to put a shirt on a, on this body? Because all of that. Oh, it might hurt for different. a minute. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah. But like Those titties also, might hurt. Well, that's the thing, like thinking about how um, how like easily like I'm going to make sure I appreciate it. But like how easily I kind of move about in this body, like I could just put my sweatshirt on or (laughs) I could just go for a run or I could just like get on a skateboard and kick push. Uh, But I know on Thursday, like obviously I won't be able to do that immediately, but I learned how to do all that stuff in the body that I have. So it's going to be like, I don't think I'm going to have to relearn how to skateboard, but I will be like, I don't know. Your balance body. will be off. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, I'm, it might be easier. These bitches. Is you might not be so. as top. You're not going to be as top <laughs> heavy. True. Yeah. It's a really good point though. I re- when I had my older son, I had a C-section and you know, like that's a normal thing. And obviously you'd expect it to hurt somewhat, mm-hmm. but like what I didn't realize is how much everything in your body depends on that muscle yeah. that they cut into. I was like, I cannot even blink my eyes without, like, <laughs> you know, like it was yes. such a shock to me. And so you saying like how aware you're trying to be of your entire body, that's not a place where I was at even when I was like having a child. And so I really just admire that you're that thoughtful. Well, I'm also, I think it'll make me appreciate uh, what I'm gaining. Cause I mean, like full disclosure, like the doctor was talking about how like my my ribs will be able to expand more. So I'll literally be able to breathe deeper. So I'm like going to be like, oh, I'm going to really know what it feels like, what the difference is when I wake up. And like, that's something I'm excited about. So that's where I'm at, you guys, really trying to ritualize this experience in this body that I'm in. You're just the coolest. And I'm so <laughs> I'm so excited for your journey. And I can't wait to see your boobs and. Is that weird? Is that an inappropriate no, thing to say? No, no I'm very like, excited. Also, really grateful for this podcast because I mean, like, I think that the pandemic has done a lot for a lot of people, but I think that I wasn't. I've I've always been like comfortable in my body, but like I was uncomfortable. I was like, God, my back kind of hurts. My chest is really big, but it was like during the pandemic. I'm at home. I wear sweatpants, no shoes, and a sweatshirt most of the day, and I was like, Oh. This is the most comfortable and relaxed I could possibly be. And I'm still uncomfortable. So it was like somebody, uh, shout out to Amy, who's a listener, sent me a message and was like, yo, 
this is where I went in LA. Like truly so many people from this podcast were like, this is the best decision I've ever made. Do you need Rex? And I don't think that I would have, I, I think it would have been the thing I thought about more than actively, actually actively did if it weren't for like talking about it with you guys and then listen and having people message me about the experience. So like shout out to the pandemic and shout out to the listeners. Shout out to Amy. What's up? <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I saw that there was this person on Twitter that was saying like, what's a podcast where it's like, you're just sitting around talking to friends and several people tagged our podcast. And that was really, that's really nice. Um, I don't listen to other podcasts. So I don't know, but, um, <laughs> Honestly, you know that's true. (laughs) You know that's true. But I do feel like it goes both ways. Do you know what I mean? It's not like like when people have come up to me on the street here in New York, and there have been people that have and said, "Oh, well, you know the J Crew story, obviously." Yes. But I'm always like, "Oh, I know you too." Like I feel like I know them just as much, and so. I really, I really appreciate that. I just want like everybody listening to know that like, you know, we are three friends sitting around and talking, but we really appreciate your input to the conversation as well. Always, always. And in this case, it like changed Shantira's life. Yeah. I mean, it was like very helpful. Thank you. Like I really needed to take the plunge. And it was also... I mean, it is a pandemic. I have the time available for this surgery. <laughs> <laughs> to recover. But how long is the recovery, like, in total? The plastic surgeons were, like, very nip-tucky, but, like, not in, like, the creepy weird way that show was, but, like, it, it's two guys who do it together, so, like, the surgery doesn't take as long. But, like, he was like, hey, man, after the surgery, you could be at brunch in three days. And I was like, all right, going to brunch. Calm <laughs> it's down. A, also, sir, it's a global <laughs> pandemic. But We're not going to like, brunch. You you know that that's his spiel. It's like, hey, you could be out in these streets in three days. He but. just has not adjusted it for COVID <laughs> yeah. at all. And we're like, well, uh, that seems irresponsible. So like, like what? I, I, I could go to brunch in three days, but I will be at home. Well, I have some good news for you. There's some real cozy, cute sweats coming your way to recover in. So. Oh, yay. I'm on board. <sighs> Shantira, really excited about all of this and this journey. And I'm just so happy that we're all on it with you. Um, the arthritis in my spine is also exciting. <laughs> Oh, jeez, Louise. I bet. I bet. I mean, honestly, though, it will make working out different. Wait, do you guys remember the presidential fitness test? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Like the worst fucking day of the year for me. And there was, was always so like bad. some some fucking asshole kid. It was always like the one kid who was like, it's his best day of the year because, you know, well, Frankie can do a hundred fucking push-ups in second who were grade gym, or whatever. Gymnast. In it, there was like one, it was always like one girl and one boy who did gymnastics because a part of it used to be pull-ups and push-ups and I was like, yeah, and I'm climbing a, a rope. A rope. Which is like, I was like, no one can do that. I'm like, like I'm in, I'm 11. I Ninja can't. warrior <laughs> shit. And also in my school, they always um took that opportunity to update your health file and to weigh you in, <laughs> in the front gym of everyone. No. Yell your weight across Same. the gym to the Same. nurse. Same. With the with the weight thing, I remember the mm. gym teacher yelling across to the nurse. <sighs> now, like, listen, I was like in third grade and very solid. I'm not going to deny having been a very solid kid, <laughs> but I just remember everybody being like, you weigh 130 pounds. Like that's, I weigh 60. And I just remember <laughs> going home and being so upset and crying. And my dad being like, what? 
what's bugging you? And I was like, they weighed us in gym today. And I weighed like 130 pounds. And he was like, yeah, you're five foot four. <laughs> like you're you're a full foot taller than everyone in the third grade like what yeah of course you do you'd be sick if you didn't <laughs> and then I was like oh oh okay. yeah, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> you're the the height of a uh, average size adult woman so that's yeah. right <laughs> that's why he was like you know how we have to buy you like grown-up clothes for school <laughs> that's why because that's yeah that's how tall you are and that's what you weigh. I really yeah. appreciate that response from your father. I really love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, kids are small. Like, just thinking about it, like, there's just like a whole humans walking around that weigh 50 pounds. That's oh insane. 50? What does Cricket weigh? Like 40, maybe? Yeah, they're Probably. just small. She's so small. She's so, so small. tiny. I mean, and Birdie, <laughs> while being very tall, is... A little little bird bones herself, so she does not yeah, weigh those, a whole lot. So funny. Those little hollow bones. So like when you see people, because like you can just like pick them up, and you're like, oh my gosh, yes, you have like thoughts and opinions. You oh weigh forty five pounds, and you are so healthy. I think that's hilarious. And it's so various. Like meanwhile, when I started dating my husband, have I ever told this on the podcast before? When I started dating my husband, I ran out of laundry. And I dug in the back of my closet and took out a pair of pants that I wore like on a date with him when we were like, he was like 20 and I was like 19 or whatever. And he was like, oh, those are cute pants. I never saw those before. When did you get them? And I was like, when I was eight. What? No. Oh, but you were you were you one of those kids who were like, you grew to be five, four when you were eight and then you stayed five, four forever. But Casey's same. And. You know, I like still wear shorts that I've had since seventh grade. I have been the same size, literally the same size since like seventh grade, I think. But I have like gone up and down, fluctuated weight wise, but like essentially the same size. I would say essentially the same same height. No shit. I grew an inch every year from sixth grade to my sophomore year in high school. When I was 18, I grew an inch. So, like, my license said 5'8", and we had to change it later because I grew an inch, and I was 5'9". Oh, my gosh. You never stopped growing. That's crazy. I never were you, stopped like, Was growing. it, like, clean living? What were you doing? I was just <laughs> living my life, man, every year. Did you but drink also- caffeine? And no, as a teenager? I, I still don't drink caffeine. I don't like caffeine. There you go. You I guys, I'm convinced. Caffeine. I'm convinced. I, I stunted my growth. I do not drink caffeine at all. Uh, Did you I, drink alcohol so, in high school? No, I was. I didn't drink no alcohol. Who, first of all, I didn't have enough friends to be giving me booze. Number two, <laughs> in order to drink alcohol, you got to go over to people's houses. And that's why people let you do that. My mama was not letting me go to strangers' houses. I was at my own house. <laughs> okay. So, Terry, you just made me realize something. I was five foot four at the start of third grade, and I'm five foot six now. But I need to look up the year Diet Coke was invented. Oh, you started drinking it? Yeah. Are you supposed to be like 6'5"? Damn, who knows? That's what I'm wondering. I might have been taller because my dad's 6'4", but I did try to drink coffee when I was like my, my my junior year in high school. My cafeteria started having like cappuccinos or whatever. And I like started buying them, trying to convince myself I like liked coffee. But um, I did that for a couple months. I did not like coffee. And uh, maybe that I, I maybe I was supposed to be six foot, you guys. You guys, I am now everything's becoming crystal clear to me. I obviously was supposed to grow more. I was supposed to be taller. <laughs> 
And I got real into coffee, caffeine, Coca-Cola, sugar, weed, drugs, alcohol. <laughs> I like how you were like, my growth. Just com- I like you were like, oh, it was just caffeine. And then the list grew longer. You're <laughs> like, honestly. And then I was like, honestly, all of that might have stuck in your throat. <laughs> I think it did processed foods. It was also, guys, during the 90s and the big like coffee house revolution is that True. is that well, what yeah, we well, call it what are we calling it anyway coffee, well, also coffee also, house culture culture also your, your snacks i feel like snacks in the 90s for high schoolers like they've kind of reined it in uh shout out to michelle obama these days yes like, that's when there was like heavy like twinkies heavy doritos 3d dunkaroos squeeze it's at high school you guys i had like like lunchables every day like everything i ate was like <laughs> processed and yeah. shot full of like hormones and disgusting and then well anyway the the point is i was supposed to be six feet tall <laughs> yeah me too. You guys were Same. all supposed to be a three-on-three fucking basketball team. We ruined Gosh. our lives. But instead, we're three <laughs> witches with a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I don't know how you've been sleeping recently. Some people have been tossing and turning up all night. But maybe it's not... Anything other than you just are sleeping on a bad mattress. Mm-hmm. And it is time to upgrade. Guys, because it's time to get some sleep. 2020 is almost over. Let's leave those sleepless nights behind us and upgrade to a Helix mattress. We all love them. You take a little quiz and it's just two minutes. And then it matches your little body type and the sleep preferences. Side, back, toss and turn stomach, whatever. <laughs> and the, you get the perfect mattress. They have soft, medium, firm mattresses, mattresses that are great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Ladies, perimenopausal ladies, pregnant ladies, people who just are hot at night. And they have a Helix Plus mattress for plus size folks. And I will say like in terms of affordability, I have found that they have different tiers to the Helix mattresses and they give you different options. Like this is, these are the best mattresses that are right for you. And they have a couple different price points. So I really appreciated that. It's been awesome getting all the unboxing videos from you guys who've been also getting the mattress of your dreams. Keep tagging us, but guess what? You don't have to take our word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired magazine, which those magazines really make great lists. Yes. So go to helixsleep.com slash best. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that are going to give you the best night of sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even come back and pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash best. That's helixsleep.com slash best for up to $200 off and two free pillows. What are you waiting for? 
What's that? Why, that's a can of Olipop being cracked open as we speak. Listen, I've been drinking these Olipop vintage colas and also the classic root beers. Um, And I love Olipop because it's just such a better choice than a traditional soda because it's a healthy alternative. Um, It doesn't have the spoonfuls of sugar and artificial ingredients. They use functional ingredients and they combine the benefits of prebiotics, which, you know, are like probiotics except pre, plant fiber and botanicals to support your microbiome and benefit digestive health. And I'm always looking to benefit my digestive health. Good gut health is what it's all about, baby. That's right. That's right. That's okay. So my flavors are cola, root beer. Ladies, what are yours? Um, I like an orange squeeze. Yep. Also delicious. I love the root beer and the cherry vanilla because it's like a little dessert treat. Coca-Cola has 39 grams of sugar. That's too much sugar. Olipop, the vintage cola, has just two grams of sugar, guys. Two grams. All the products are non-GMO, vegan, paleo, and keto or keto, however you say it, friendly, with less than eight grams net carbs per can. So if that is something that you are trying to do this time in your life, this season in your life, you're keeping it ketogenic, you can have an Olipop. I encourage you to. (laughs) And they're so confident that you're going to love these Olipop sodas that they offer a hundred percent money back guarantee for orders placed through their website. So They've worked out an exclusive deal for our listeners with our Busy Phillips is doing her best podcast listeners. You receive 20% off plus free shipping on the best selling variety pack. It's a great way to actually try all of the flavors. Go to drinkollipop.com slash best or use code best at checkout to claim the deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-O-L-I-P-O-P dot com slash best. The discount's only valid for the variety pack, guys, but you want the variety pack. Maybe you just keep ordering the variety pack. I don't know. Olipop can also be found in over 3,000 stores across the country, including Whole Foods, Sprouts, Kroger, Wegmans, and Era Juan. You guys just drink some Olipop. Casey, what are you doing your best at this week? And then I'm going to tell you what I think you're doing your best at. Oh, okay. I tweeted about this a while back and, um, but it's still holding true. So I think I'll talk about it on the podcast is that, you know, I love like a little psychological trick that you can like do to yourself to like motivate yourself or to help yourself get through a rough time. This is like your one one for them, one for me. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. like the one, two, three thing that I do, one for my, one thing I have to do, one thing I want to do, one thing for someone else helps me get through depression. But also one thing I really, really hate is making mistakes. Like I Mm. I just hate making mistakes. Nothing makes me feel worse. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel sick. Everybody makes mistakes, but no Mm -hmm. no matter how many times someone tells me that rationally, I just hate making mistakes or not doing the best at something. Um, So anyway, lately I have been, do you know when... Fred Armisen used to do that impression of Joy Behar and he would go, so what? Who cares? Of course. <laughs> I love it. I do that sometimes. And it's like, I don't even, re- what I'm doing is Fred Armisen's impression of Joe Behar. 
Joy Behar. Yes. <laughs> and I know it so well from our friend Nelson, who we worked with on Busy Tonight. Like, I knew it from the show, but it wasn't, like, a part of my life. Uh-huh. But Nelson would always say it to make me laugh when I'd be like, oh, God, like, I messed this thing up. And he'd always say, so what? Who cares? And then <laughs> I just started, like, mentally doing it about everything that I was stressing about, like, that was beyond my control to make it like the best or to make it perfect. And it really works to say, so what, who cares as Fred Armisen doing Joy <laughs> who what? So voice. Who what? So what? Who cares? So what? Who cares? <laughs> it's really helpful. You have to shrug then, your uh, shoulders. Yeah. You shrug it and then you have to like, um, pick who up what? the sleeves. Who, the, the who, shoulders. So what? So what? Who, who cares? cares? So what? Who cares? <laughs> but so it's anyway, really good. Shout- Shout out to Joy Behar. Shout out to Fred Armisen. And uh, also, like, I tweeted about it and some psychologists told me, oh, yeah, that's actually like a psychology technique. It's called something, something like official. I can't remember what it was. but Well, somebody was... will tweet it at us. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. But anyway, that's what I've been just doing to get through everything. Saying so what? Who cares? I love that. That's a motto for fucking 2020, if I tell you. <laughs> So what? But like, I also love like, cause the way you say it, so what? Who cares? Cause I would be like, so what? Who fucking cares? Like, <laughs> so what? Who it's cares? Very di- it's very so different. <laughs> I very love different it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what? Who cares? Okay. Well, here's what I'm doing my best at. I'm doing my best at. <clears throat> <laughs> Do you have it written down? No, no. <laughs> Crying. I am doing my best at crying this week and feeling all my feelings, letting go of things, letting it all go. Um, Not like the movie Frozen song (laughs) from Frozen, but just like, just like, just moving through these feelings because it's Mm -hmm. it's a lot. It's a lot that's happening in my life. There's a lot of changes. There's a lot that's happening in the world. There's a lot that feels overwhelming all the time, all the time. And... And on top of it, I've been working a very large amount. Mm-hmm. That's not, yeah. that's ba- barely a sentence, guys. But I've been working, <laughs> I've been working a lot. It's been super long hours. I've been really, really tired. When you're tired, I haven't been eating great. Like, because, you yeah. know, I think we've gone over this, but like onset COVID food is scarce. Like you can't, because yes. you can't eat on set, right? But if you're yeah. on set and you're like, and they don't want you to go too far. It's just like, there's not, I just haven't been, so I'm just trying to pay attention, like asking for what I need. Today at work, guys, I got the dairy-free broccoli soup, the nice. chicken quinoa, quinoa soup, and chicken salad, and a potato chips bag delivered to <laughs> me. Yeah. <laughs> and then went to a place where I could safely take my mask off and eat it. So anyway, but also like I cry, I've been crying a lot and that's okay. I feel okay about the crying a lot. And, um, and I'm trying to like organize stuff and take care of Christmas presents and make sure that everybody's got what they are need. And I'm just trying to like, I don't know, just take it. Oh, mm, I'm trying to focus on the micro, not the macro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what you can actually Sense. control. The yeah. macro is the thing that really usually ends up making you very upset, but you can't. It's usually bigger than you. But it's also <laughs> like the whole picture of like my life and where I'm going and what I'm doing. And like, I, 
I don't fucking know. Like, and I know that that's does feel um, destabilizing, obviously. But I think we're all just in this sort of collective moment that most of us have that feeling, regardless of whether you just sold the house that you've lived in longer than you've ever lived in any other house or if you're, you know, in the same place, but you're like having to quarantine again. And I mean, there's a lot to like be hopeful for the vaccines showing up for essential workers. Like a lot of people on my Instagram posts of late have been like, wait, what's happening? I've missed it. Where are you? Did you leave LA forever? Are you gone? Like da, 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 da. And it was really freaking me out. And I have been really upset to say like, yes, I think I am, you know, whatever. And then I was like, well, who fucking, I'm, I don't know. Who knows? Right. Like, first of all, who fucking knows? And like, yeah. se- and secondly, selling my house was a really emotional and difficult thing for me because my star sign is cancer. I am very attached to my little shells that I move into. I need them to feel cozy and wonderful and perfect. This morning I woke up early for my call time and I was like, oh, this is good because now I'm having somebody drive me because I feel like um, I was just too fucking tired, like driving those long hours and distances. And now it's like, there's going to be snow soon and ice. And I'm like, I'm not going to fucking do that shit. You know what I mean? It's one thing to like, listen to Tame Impala on like a New York city street when it's like 60 degrees out. But it's another thing when you're like trying to deal with like icy conditions. And yeah. And you've also lived in LA for the last 20 years. Like I didn't grow up driving in snow. Yeah. But like it's it's different. Like if oh, you spend I, your whole life driving yeah. in in rain, like I can drive in a hurricane. Right. I can't right. drive in a snowstorm. I can drive in rain <laughs> right. too. I'm really good at yeah. driving in like crazy torrential downpours. Yeah. Here's the other thing I'm gonna say, maybe controversial. I don't care. I've spent the last few months driving in New York now. hmm I think people in LA are kind of better drivers. <laughs> Well, people in LA also, are bad drivers. People in LA are horrible drivers. Yeah, but and that's but that's I'm right. like this. I'm saying, people in New but, York are terrible fucking drivers. It's like everyone is looking for a sign that is very small that they need to read at all times. That's what it yeah. feels well, like. They are. They are. But busy. I do want to point out something. You're driving right now in. I like know. 1984. To New York. No, I know. I know. Four hundred thousand over four hundred thousand people have left this city. And I know that it's like business is not back up and running and like blah 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 blah. I get it. I I, know. One thing I will say when I moved to LA, one thing I really missed is that you're getting driven by a person, but most people who work and live in New York City, they take the subway, they take the commuter train and from the Mm -hmm. suburbs. And um I really missed the time to work, to do other things or to read or read. Yeah, you know, to listen to whatever I want, watch a movie. Oh, right. Um, So that that is something that like I hope that you enjoy and take advantage of because that's something nobody can do in LA. I never read more than when I lived in New York because in Chicago, the train was on time. So in New York, (laughs) when we were stuck underground, I never finished more books than the two years that I lived in New York. Can I just say though, like I... First of all, I don't know. It's hard for me to kind of do anything in the car. 
because I kind of get car sick. I can read on a roller coaster, baby. <laughs> I'm very envious of that. But anyway, you also have to, you have to plan out what you can do in the car. So like if you can like make phone calls or whatever. Oh, I love rolling a call. Calls. But, you know, then, yeah, Pat, so. then Pat has to listen. Oh. Tonight, Pat really heard me swearing at my mom. And I think it's, and I feel like, I feel like people, you guys, first of all, I'm going to tell you why, and you're going to fucking back me up. All, no, I'm I not. Feel, I, I, I don't swear in front of my mom. I know, Shantira. I get it. But my mom and I have a different kind of relationship. This is true. She's like, busy, don't be such a fucking bitch. You know, like that's wow. like. You guys, you know this. I wrote about it in my book. Anyway. No, I know. I come from just... like a very sweary, name calling family. Yeah. Listen, we try to break patterns. I try to do my best in my own family now. Sometimes I do a great job. Sometimes I'm not great. My children, I will say Birdie's one of her first words was fuck. But, <laughs> but that's funny. I know it was really funny, especially because she used it correctly. You know, she, we were at uh, the park at Bronson Canyon Park and she slid off the bottom of the slide and like bonked her butt down onto the, you know, rubber, whatever floor. What is it? Oh my God, you guys, what's wrong with me? I literally can't talk. Yes. Playground. (laughs) And, and she like slowly got up. Like she was like, you know, birdie, like the weight of the world is always, you know, (laughs) at two, two, two years old. And she was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) And this lady next to me was like, oh, wow. And I was like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) well, she understands. But anyway, so I got, so Oh, so I was at work today and I, my sister kept calling me and I was like, fuck, you know, my sister knows I'm at work. Leanne, we all worked with Leanne on busy tonight. Mm-hmm. You guys yeah. know her well. So I was like, Leanne knows I'm working. Like, why does she keep calling me? It must be, there must be something happening, you know? Yeah. So as soon as I had a chance, um, I was actually stepping outside to like, see if I could call her back and the phone rang and it was her again. And I pick it up and I hear this voice go, hello, Aunt Busy. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> it was Bob. It was little Bob. It was baby sis- Bob. It was baby Bob. <laughs> baby Bob who does not want to be called baby Bob anymore, but he's always going to be baby Bob. Even even when he's 45 years old, Here's he's going to be baby Bob. Here's the thing. He's a baby. His name is Bob. He's baby Bob. Because no matter how old he gets, I will still be this much older than him. Yeah. So he yes. is baby Bob. When he's- I'm 80 and he's 50, He's baby Bob. He's baby Bob. <laughs> and baby Bob, listeners at home, is my nephew. He is five years old, um, newly five. But he's like a very special person. He's just a like little like sparkle. So anyway, I'm like, hear this tiny voice. I'm like, hello? I don't know. I thought there was a version where my sister was calling me. But no, I was like, Bob, what's going on, buddy? Where are you? And he's like, Oh, I'm just uh, walking around the house. Uh, I got my mom's phone. She's uh, doing some work. I'm like, okay. All right. Who else is he calling? I'm happy he was calling you. I mean, me too. And then he goes, he goes, uh, so I'm busy. Uh, you know how to do the FaceTiming? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know how to do the FaceTiming. And he's like, Okay, I'm gonna hit that button now. So you're gonna have to pick up. I'm like, okay. So he FaceTimes me. So cute. It's just like his forehead and like just so much hair, and that's all I could see. And then I heard my and he's like, my 
he's like, my mama, I think, is in the bathroom now. I was like, don't go in there. It's fine. <laughs> Leave your mom alone. And then I hear Leanne. She's like, what's happening? Oh, Bob, <laughs> give me the phone. Ah! Like, she's like, guess the phone, whatever. So um, anyway, so Leanne was telling me she did not know that he had the phone uh, this whole time. <laughs> but um, And that he had been calling me a lot. Oh, and then he made me cry because he was like, oh, God. I mean, kids, right? He's like, oh, uh, you know what I was thinking about, Aunt Busy? I was like, no, Bob, what were you thinking about? He's like, I was thinking about, remember I come to your house in LA a lot? And I was like, oh, my God. And then I, of course, started crying. Yeah. And then I had to go use it in my scene. I had to just <laughs> take that emotion and just use it in the comedy scene with Sarah Bareilles and Renee Elise Goldsberry. Anyway. You guys, this is, I know this is controversial. I know you guys don't want to hear this about me at home. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't want to hear that I'm a girl who in sixth I, grade called my mom a fucking bitch. But you know okay, what? here's the thing. I think that that is, I don't know where we talked about this, but like that is also like a white thing. It like, is. Yeah. PLC do not swear. My mom could straight up come up here and shoot me right now. And I'd be like, dang, <laughs> why'd you shoot me? I wouldn't swear at my mom. I just don't. <laughs> okay, but okay. My friend Carrie Champion, who uh -huh. you know has been on the podcast, she said that. Yeah, this was because great. yeah, she really when she and I were paired together, uh, you know, for the share the mic, share the mic now something anyway. But when we were paired together and then became BFFs, and I love her so much, and she's so just wonderful, and I love her. She's very um, cool. Oh God, she's so cool. She's just so cool. <laughs> she is, and she's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah, anyway, she's just like cool. <laughs> ugh, I just love her. Not that being beautiful, she's like beautiful because she like radiates like. No, but she is like hot and cool. She's, she's like a hot, also cool person. Objectively beautiful. Well, anyway, when we were trying to just when we were trying to like like pull apart some of the differences between like the way that white women in this country are raised and the way that black women in this country are raised, that was the thing that she was like really clued into with me. Like that was the thing that we like were like. I was like, you know, every white like white girls have no respect for their mothers like it's like a very patriarchal and like and and disrespectful a lot of times culture around yeah, right. like mothers and daughters and even just in the way that people white women talk about moms and daughters like even on my instagram like even like progressive women when they see pictures of my kids especially Birdie, who's older, I'll get these comments that are like, good luck to you. She's going to turn on you. You know, like that kind of stuff or like in yeah. the grocery store or where, you know, wherever, like people will say weird stuff like pitting me against this child already where it's like, why you, what, why is that? predetermined that well, maybe it's because white women have no respect for any women for for themselves maybe for themselves oh y'all yeah. so, said it <laughs> <laughs> well so like where black women and you know young black women see their moms and see what their moms have had to go through well black culture is very matriarchal that's yes. that's correct and i think white well. culture is i mean the world is patriarchy but black communities are very patriarchal and i also think about like Soon as a black woman hits 65, everybody wants to respect them. I don't know what it is. Don't nobody <laughs> want to listen to me now. But if my grandma walked into a boardroom at Pfizer right now, they'd be like, we should listen to Miss Louise. I don't know what it is. I would, 
I would listen to Miss Louise tell me anything. Truly. Everybody loves like And also, by the way, just I would never swear around Miss Louise. Exactly. It's like, but black communities, and I think that the world is so interesting because like black grandmothers are like synonymous. But that's also like a trope that goes back to like mammies. Like black women have been raising white children forever. Mm. So, so many white people have Mm -hmm. respect because they're nannies. And their uh, and their um, maids and the people who quote unquote mm. really help raise them and spend the most of their time mm. with they love like old women POC but like yeah I can't swear in front of my mama but yeah the black I think that that's a thing I think that white communities are very patriarchal you respect old white men mm-hmm. and then black communities are very matriarchal we're always like don't listen to your granddaddy he a fool. I'm always like I'm always shocked um, when I like see it in practice with uh, like because I feel like I've done a lot of work um, to try to mitigate some of the stuff that was like ingrained in me and that I you know have it's also in movies though Oh, I mean, like, it's everywhere. It's, it's in, everywhere. I mean, like, Lady Bird, white people love fucking Lady Bird. Lady Bird is literally just, like, a bunch of white girls being like, yeah, that was me and my mom. And I was like, the fuck it is? <laughs> right. But that is the way that they... So even if you... We learn how to act in families from television, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you're trying to figure out how to treat your mom, if you watch any... Everybody Roseanne. Roseanne, like if you watch any of those shows, we're taught that like that is how you treat your mom. Mm-hmm. But like right. I grew up watching the Cosby show, R.I.P. Bill. But that is how you treat a black mom is the way that Felicia Rashad was done. Oh, so That's how you definitely how you treat Felicia treat Rashad. Felicia Rashad. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I listen. It's interesting because I was um like. I don't know, maybe like a year ago, I was working with this guy who'd written a script and it was, I was reticent because it was a man who'd written a <laughs> script with a female lead. But anyway, he, I met with him. Our friend, my friend was a producer. He's like, they really, he really wants you for this part. I met with him and I read the script and I really liked it. Um, and then, and, and then I, and I had some notes or whatever. And I was talking to him about it. And I'm like, you know, this is hard for, this is hard for me to work with a man. Like I'm not, in a space in a space yeah, in my life absolutely. where I want to but I was he was really receptive and cool and whatever and there was one thing that I was like this is really like a sticking point for me I really related to so much of the character and this girl that he had written based on whatever his own family experience um and like this rage that she had but um at the like sort of like the end and third act and everything's fine, but whatever. It's her dad that shows up and like has this moment with her, whatever. And I was like, it's just fucking bullshit. Like it's it's always it's always written that way. It's always the dad in all these fucking movies that shows up and like has the like you're gonna be okay, kiddo. Like fucking knock on the chin, mm-hmm. like validation to the girl. I was like, it needs to be her mom. Make it her fucking mom. And he was like, I never thought about that. And I was like. Yeah, of course you didn't. But like, it's literally never the fucking mom in a movie that gets to like have that talk with the protagonist of a film at the end where mm-hmm. she, you know, and you're, it's, that's the thing. If you see, you see a thing long enough, by the way, most of us don't get that talk from our dads either. So then we're just like no. really fucking mad. Right. 
if you go to talk to your dad, he'd be like, you should go talk to your mom. And then you just don't talk to anybody. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's complicated. I think there's a lot of complicated shit going on with white women. We talk about toxic masculinity tons. Mm-hmm. But I also think that there's like toxic femininity. That's not the right no. word because it's not the femininity. No, it's not the, the inherent. Yes. But there's something going it's, on with white women that we need to unpack. Well, it's like it's like privilege, right? And upholding yeah. of a thing that gives them some amount of power. And it's the fact that because of toxic masculinity, white women have been subjugated in a way. And so then the only way that they feel Powers, this is like yeah. power is by, yes, and that's others. all rooted in white supremacy. And that's all rooted in fucking white supremacy. White and supremacy. we got to burn it, burn it, burn it, burn it burn to the it. ground. We have to burn that to the ground. But like also I'm very interested in the idea of like non-gender conforming and like non-binary now. And like how I the case we've talked about this a little bit, but like just the idea it was um, in its onset. But I would say like. I don't know, maybe a decade ago or a little bit less than a decade ago. I mean, when I f- I'd say three or four years ago. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and I guess I, I had ch- my first friend who was gender nonconforming. Right. Gender nonconforming. Right. There were different words. Yes. Yeah. The, the actual words. You're correct. You're correct. Yeah. Um, because I had friends who were trans back earlier than that but this is like yeah. but gender non-conforming yeah. is a different thing right 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 yeah yes. and a lot of times I felt like when I first heard about gender non-conforming people were talking about the way they dressed as opposed to how they identified correct so they'd be right. like oh like they like to dress like gender non-conforming and I'd be like that girl is wearing a suit uh <laughs> Yeah, that, that's not a, that's, that's not, a, yeah. That's a style choice, I guess. But like right. a, a lot of times we associate it, it with the way that they presented their clothing as opposed to how they identify. And I think for me in the last, like, I want to say right around the time I left Chicago, maybe 2016, 2017, I started meeting more people who identified as non-binary. And also like that didn't just mean they like dressed androgynous, quote right. unquote. So like, yeah, I think for me, like, and I think I'm in a pretty progressive group of hipster fucking comedians. But uh, I think, yeah, it's new to me. And I yeah. live in a major city. That's right. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, it is fairly new. But I think now I've sort of come to really think about how when we talk about, like, smashing white supremacy and the patriarchy, one of the things that we really should be discussing is smashing gender the, because oh yeah the binary for sure the binary there, is just like that's it man well, and it never fucking occurred to me in a weird in the weirdest way maybe it's just because I'm old I don't fucking know I don't know I mean like I try to keep my mouth shut about certain things because like I'm always learning so like white supremacy black women queerness I'll talk about it. But like, I'll never forget. I um, I like saw this thing on, uh, um, Twitter, the hellscape that it is, and uh, it was like a orange, just like a orange that had been peeled and put in Whole Foods, and you know how they like where you put produce, it's like the green styrofoam with plastic over it, and uh, it was like peeled oranges, and somebody took a picture of it in Whole Foods and was like, "Come on, Whole Foods, like everyone's not that lazy," and I was I like, "I really oh, remember this." 
And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then someone was like, I like don't have my left hand. Right. And I was like, right. fuck. I was like, oh, God damn, drag a bitch. And it was one of those things where like, obviously, like I am not disabled. I but I would have never thought of that. But it's one of those things when I saw it, I was like, I am not the smartest person, right? I'm pretty smart. But one of the things about being smart is to know when you're not the smartest person. So, Damn, that's <laughs> it. Wait, that's your Oprah moment. I say that all the time. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. It's like one of the things about being a smart person is knowing that you're not the smartest person. Guys, so like, one of the things about being a smart person is knowing that you're not the smartest person. Yeah. So like I saw that and in my head I was like, there is somebody at Whole Foods whose whole job is to know why you should have an orange that is peeled and put it in the store. And I am not that bitch. So then when that girl was like, I don't have my left hand, I was like, and that is why I shut the fuck up and I wait till I learn more. You said such a smart thing, Shantira, about being smart by knowing that you're not the smartest person. Also, another thing is everybody fucks up. Everybody yeah. fucks up. Yeah. Like we were just saying, you see that peeled orange and you're like, oh, come on. Ugh. But when you fuck up like that and someone points it out to you that like you had a spot where you weren't seeing the whole mm -hmm. picture, just not doubling down is yeah. a huge and just being like, oh, I got it. Thank you for pointing that out to me. That's it. Because doubling down is like the worst character. Doubling of down America. is yeah. just so fucking annoying. And it's only something that you should do if you've been married for a really long time <laughs> and you are exhausted and you just want to fucking win and you're just going to double down on just a bunch of fucking bullshit that you don't even believe. You're just like, fuck you. I know I'm right. Fuck you. Again, Have guys, ever... I'm sorry that I swear so much. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I has love anyone ever Has anyone ever doubled down with you and like really strongly and then later just straight up admitted that they were just doing it and they don't even know why they were doing it? That well, I have. I have done that. <laughs> <laughs> I have done that. But, um, but Mark doubles down. I'm talking quietly. He just brought me another margarita. So he was being nice. <laughs> but, like Mark doubles down a lot and he's not right. You know, like, and and my favorite thing, because Mark is probably like the smartest, you know, he's sure. like, like, he's, you know, one of those fucking people. I am, I, I always liked to say, this was what I always said, Shantira. I always said sort of like the inverse kind of, I always would say, I'm just smart enough to know that I'm not quite smart enough to get it. Yeah. Right. And I also am just smart enough to know that I should surround myself with people that are much smarter. smarter. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know when I'm right, but I don't. I, I And sometimes I know when something is wrong, but I don't know why. And that's right. when I keep my mouth shut. I swear to God, I only learned that the hard way because I was like absentmindedly scrolling like two years ago or something. And I like liked some Justin Bieber tweet that, then he was like dragging Taylor Swift. I don't even know what the right, fuck, right. what it was. And I was like, oh shit. I was like, I just thought he was cute. Like he was just like a cute kid with cute Taylor Swift as kids. I didn't read the fucking, you know, monologue that he wrote. Cause who's got time for that shit? Nobody. And, right. and then I was like, oh no, but it was some controversial thing. And then 
I just went and unhearted it once people <laughs> yeah, coming like, after me. Well, yikes. a perfect example of like not. Here we go. Here we go. All the. Do you remember the Jesse Smollett thing? When oh, everybody yeah. like instantly had an opinion on it. And like, you know, and right away, I just felt like whatever happened to him and whatever is happening to him, I feel bad for him as a person, for whatever's happening. But nobody ever knew the whole story. Nobody still knows the whole story. But so many people came out at every step of that story saying like, I know what happened here. And I was just like, I'm I'm going to observe. I'm not I'm- saying shit. That ain't got <laughs> nothing to do with me. <laughs> it's tricky. But speaking of which, let's get into some pop culture. Here's why I love Casey so much. I'm going to read this entire this thing in its entirety and then we're going to go through it, okay? This is the kind of shit that Casey sends to us before we do the podcast. This was a text. Gmail is down so possible topics. <laughs> Gmail's been fucked up. I hate when something I don't pay for stops working. <laughs> okay. It's true. Harry and Megan signed a podcast deal. Lizzo had to defend herself after going on a 10-day juice cleanse. Um, fuck the haters, question mark. Lizzo also posts about eating Cheetos and gets shit. So what is a girl supposed to do, really? Not post, question mark, question mark, question mark. And then in parentheticals, also, E, the channel, had the nerve to use a still from Busy Tonight with Lizzo drinking that giant juice box we gave her on Twitter today. The nerve! <laughs> Which, by the way, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> fuck them. Like, also implying that the juice box, like, was somehow part of the juice cleanse when it was straight tequila. Tequila. <laughs> Y'all were fucking blasted that day. Okay, Megan McCain had her baby in September and named her Liberty? How did we miss that? I guess we were worried about other things. I totally yeah. missed that. That's wild. That being said, Megan McCain needs to step the fuck down about her views on abortion <laughs> happy for you and your baby megan i'm glad you had the choice <laughs> all right oh no that because also she was like she was like propagating like like weird shit about third trimester abortions that's just like that's just like the bullshit that the republicans are like grasping at now when in actuality pete Buttigieg, our new secretary of transportation well, he was. Did you guys not, see wait, that? Is he gonna be? Is he gonna be? Yes. That, he just, it was be a, it's official. He's, he's oh. been nominated. He's been nominated. He still has to be confirmed. He has to be Come confirmed. on, he's gonna be confirmed. Everybody loves Buttigieg. He's the most Republican Democrat we have, and he's I gay. Love I love his husband. I love them all. What's Chastin. his name? Ch- Chastin. Chaz. I call him Chaz. Yeah. Chaz Buttigieg. <laughs> I love him. He seems very friendly Chast- and adorable. Chastin. They're very good know. friends with Mandy Moore. Oh, there oh. you go. I mean, that's what I know. <laughs> I she's know. also a delight. Mandy doesn't like people who aren't delightful. No, she's chill and she's a delight. Yeah. And the budgets seem delightful <laughs> as well. <laughs> anyway, I think he's going to be a great secretary of transportation. I didn't he even know there was all those, a secretary of transportation. languages. Did you see Amy Klobuchar's like congratulations? And it was so shady because she was uh, like, I'm sure you'll bring your local government experience. And people yeah. like, Amy Klobuchar. <laughs> I can't. I mean, that is a real Debbie Downer <laughs> if I've ever heard one. <laughs> Klobuchar. Okay. Megan McCain had her baby. Okay. We got that. Oh, no. Oh, no. 
the viral Fleetwood Mac skateboarder tested positive for COVID because he's been doing a lot of traveling since he gained fame from going viral, dang it. He thinks he got it in L.A. where he was working on several projects for a month after getting engaged in Vegas. He flew from his home in Idaho to L.A. and it was his first time on a plane. What the fuck? First of all, first of all, there's too much happening. Uh, number one, L.A. is very bad. But the audacity yeah. to go be like, I got it in L.A. after I left Vegas. Fuck. fuck that, that, that's <laughs> Down. That's There's options here. It's some bullshit. Op- that is some. You got some fucking options here. Okay. Also, after you rode on a plane, you, you uh, L.A. is bad, but you got that's three right there that could be. So it's just a lot of a lot of could and be. Also, it's just like a telescoping thing because like he got he went viral for doing that video with the cranberry juice to dreams because people were feeling very cooped up and that video felt so free Freedom. and like made everybody feel like freedom for a second and so that's why he got famous is because we're all trapped in our houses trying not to die and then he just got on a plane and got sick well i hope i hope he's okay me too um kurt cameron hosted a big public christmas caroling event in thousand oaks despite california regulations against that kind of thing right now he was great in that Rapture movie. Now maybe he'll get to experience something similar in real life. Casey. What? I just Here's what I here's what I want to say. <laughs> Whisper it to Shh, me, Dizzy. <laughs> you know who's been popping up so much on my explore page is Candace Cameron. Like mm. all the time on my explore page. Well, it's Insta. because it's Hallmark season. She's the Hallmark bitch. Well, also oh. also there's a weird thing that I feel about her that she is the like super religious version of me. I was just going to say, uh, I was just got a vision of you trying to dethrone her. I as know. Mark bitch. I know. Like if, well, if there ever gets to be a spice, like a slightly spicier channel than Hallmark, like you could definitely start. Here's what I'm going to say. But you know what movies. I'm going to say, Casey? What? Enough with like white girls getting their Christmas fucking dreams coming true. I don't care. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's all the same. I don't but give a fuck. I'm not gonna lie. I, I did. I did download the Hallmark app for five ninety nine so I could watch the movies over um over Christmas because I I I enjoy them because there's a bunch of um there's like a bunch of black ones and oh. uh, well that's cool I think, with like, I but like- they all. St- but they all star Vivica Fox and I think that's fun. Uh, I like Vivica. And, uh, I I love them because. If you can think of a word and put Christmas before it, there's a movie. Yeah. It's like the Christmas sled, the Christmas table, the Christmas computer, the Christmas refrigerator, <laughs> the Christmas car. And it's like everything is like a husband for Christmas, a uncle for Christmas, a dad for Christmas, a mom for Christmas. A baby for Christmas. Like, there's one of those too. A baby for Christmas Listen, too. <laughs> my friend Autumn Reeser from the Thrilling Adventure Hour has done a lot of those Hallmark movies too. Yeah, and oh, I think sure. she's adorable and I would like to watch her do anything. She's great. But our friend, our friend Nelson and I tried to write one of those Christmas movies. <gasps> we wrote, we started one called It's Christmas Carol. <laughs> that is I would aggressive. star in that one. I would star in that one. But listen, it was about it was about a, a Hallmark movie um, Christmas actress actress me who became disillusioned. That's it. with the holiday of Christmas. That's it. We're doing it. Oh, We've already good. shot it, guys. It's done. Except <laughs> it's done. We already shot it. And I swear to God, if you're out there and you fucking steal that idea, <laughs> I will never forgive you, Candace Cameron. <laughs> Cut to her pitching it. 
Listen, not the first time another blonde has stolen my shit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Carney B gave Offset a $600,000 Lambo for his 29th birthday. You know what I got for my 29th birthday? A baby named Birdie. <laughs> she was great. Definitely worth $600,000. I think it's a lot of, I think she has a lot of money and obviously like, I don't want to buy a car that costs that much money. But also, like, fucking Seinfeld has 40 fucking cars yeah. that are... Yeah, Leno has, like, legit $47 million cars. worth of cars. Like, yeah. white men have been buying stupid, useless, expensive shit since the beginning of time. I don't love the, like, celebrity culture of scrutinizing spending of... Of and it's always like specifically black celebrities. Yeah, when fucking Jay Leno's stupid ass fucking dumb fucking Ford from nineteen twelve or whatever, yeah. he's like toot tooting around Burbank. It's like <laughs> that's like seven million dollars. Like, yeah, you know where's the outrage for that? Like, if Soup John Stevens was like, I bought a $600,000 car, I'd be like, Who is Soup John Stevens? Soup, is it, I said Soup John, isn't it? How you say it? I Soup swear John? to God, Shantira, I thought you just said Soup John Stevens. No, and I was like, Soup John. Who the is fuck that? is Soup John Stevens? No, Soup Sufian. Listen, Sufian. I don't know if Sufian. he fucking, if Soup John bought a fucking $600,000 car, but here we before, would be I do think we should call out. him Soup John. Wait, what did Birdie? No, it was was it Cricket or one of them? Cricket. She came home and she was like, "Yeah, so we're learning that new Jake Spears play is really weird. And I don't know what it's about." I was like, "Who?" She was like, "It's a play by Jake Spears." I'm like, "Jake Spears?" And she's like, "Yeah, Jake Spears. Ever heard of him?" And I was like, <laughs> Well, not to make it about me, but busy. You were gonna say, "Tell me something that I'm oh, yeah. good at." Well, yeah. the <laughs> first was this list that you sent us because I just loved it. <laughs> Wait, Shantira can't stop laughing. <laughs> not to make this about me, but you were gonna tell me about what I'm good at. <laughs> to send me the uh nachos from petty cash in la and it was like the nicest most thoughtful gift of all time and i loved it so much so you've done so well this week at like doing lots of different jobs some which you like some which you don't like <laughs> but then but then additionally being a really good friend who's like thoughtful and like it was just such a nice thing, and it arrived on the day when the whatever sale was recorded in L.A. County or whatever the fuck they do. I don't even know, and the house is no longer ours. And I cried so hard, so hard, eating the nachos. And <laughs> I really did. It, they, it was just really nice and the nicest Christmas present. Anyway, so you're a really good friend. <laughs> Who's really thoughtful and you make Aww. really funny 
pop culture list of things <laughs> that we could topics we could go over with your own added snark. <laughs> well, here's what I want to say is that like I don't even know if petty cash like if that's not a thing that they do. No, they it was fully that. not. They should. Also, they should. <laughs> they absolutely. They 100 should. Because I think but, I've already sold them out across the country. <laughs> but what I was gonna say is that I just was like, let me just take a shot at like you know, like I was thinking like, can I get them and send them myself? That's probably not a great idea because I'm not an expert in like food handling, whatever. So I just sent an email like to the manager at Petty Cash saying like here's a thing that I want to do. Is that something that you could ever do? And like, they really, the, um, Kenny and chef Walter at petty cash really jumped through like a thousand hoops to send you two trays of nachos. And it was cause they love you. You know, you've been such a big supporter of their restaurant. And I kept saying like, this seems like a lot of work. This seems like, and they, you know, they were saying like, no, this is something that we really want to do. We really want to help you do this for busy because she's been such an amazing supporter of our restaurant and all restaurants. So it was cause of, you know, like I couldn't have done it myself, but because of who you are, people were all too happy to help me do it. That's really nice. I love that he's Chef Walter. I love when it's a <laughs> chef and it's just just like a name, just like Chef, chef Walter. Mike. I love Chef Walter. <laughs> they are and the best. Yeah, they're just really, really nice people. So if you're in LA and you've never been to Petty Cash, or if you're coming to LA because you got famous from a viral video um, <laughs> before you get before you get COVID, uh, go and get like curbside pickup from Petty Cash because they are stellar people and the food's great. But mm-hmm. the food is great. And when we were doing, here's a thing for you. We were doing busy tonight. Petty Cash really became like it was my- a hot spot. It was my, it was like my go-to comfort, like post show comfort. Yeah. I used to like to go there and we would have nachos and margaritas and, uh, and, and here's the thing that people are always like, what the fuck are you talking about? So they invented a thing at Petty Cash, these like roasted cauliflower and kale nachos. And people will say to you, get the fuck out of here when you They're tell really them. They're really good. And I'm but a meat when they are, they are, <laughs> first of all, it's not like, it's not health food. Let's not get crazy. No, you know what I mean? No. This is, these are nachos that would make anyone proud. Um, It's one, it's like legit anyone who I've turned on to these nachos. I mean, Ashley Nicole Black yeah. and Chelsea, was that for your birthday? That was for my birthday. Yeah. Neither one of them had had them yet. I don't think so. No, they hadn't. And I sort of forced it on everyone. (laughs) They're really good. Thank you. Mark just brought me peppermint ice cream because I'm crying and I texted him. Peppermint ice cream question mark? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. He didn't know I was crying. He just did it anyway. (laughs) I love it. This is the best time of year, though, for peppermint ice cream. It truly is. Guys, I don't know if I have enough good... I mean, they're fine. They're these kids get everything they fucking want. But like, I don't know if I have like good Christmas presents for these kids. Like, I don't think I got them. Just what like do they bunch want? Of, oh, so hilariously last night, he was being so sweet to me after work, and I was just like, oh god, I just fucking love this kid. Anyway, I got Birdie the best presents. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. 
but and so I kind of had this thing last night where I like realized like I have gotten Birdie these like really great presents. I don't want to say what they are in case she. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. Anyway. But last night I was like kind of feeling guilty because I'm like, all I've gotten for a cricket is like some like stuffed animals and shit. Like, what am I getting this kid? And so it, I was putting her to bed. I was so tired after work. And I was like, baby, listen, I really want to get you something like really special and sweet just from mama. Is there anything that you like really want? I've asked her to make Christmas lists. She's just like, not interested, whatever. <laughs> and she's like, oh, mama. I like can't make this shit up. She looks at me and she's like, oh, mama, you know me. Anything that you get me, I will love. And then I was just like. <laughs> no. But then you also are like, yeah, but could you make me a list, Cricket, please? God, like, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, but what, like specifically? what specifically do you want? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I don't know. What to get her? What do you get a I don't know. Just like a unicorn. Get, get her a Nintendo Switch. I don't know what to do. <laughs> It's always, it's, it's such a crapshoot because you're always trying to think of like, what would be the perfect thing? And it's always like the, the goofiest thing that you get somebody that winds up being their favorite thing. One year I got my son. Cause he said, he, I don't know why he just put that he wanted a pizza on his Christmas list, <laughs> but he so wanted I, one to himself. Yeah. He wanted That's his important. own pizza. It's important. And so I just got him his own <laughs> pizza. One year Lincoln asked for pickles and he got a giant jar of pickles from Costco. Well, Dream now you're true. speaking. Shinter's my language. language. <laughs> he is He is my son. So like when my grandma used to send presents to me and my sister, you'll have to open them at the exact same time. So it's not, <laughs> so it's not to spoil the surprise. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you remember that? Like, did, did you guys ever have that experience where you're like, my parent, like, you have to open it at the exact same time. I was like, I know, oh we know God. it's pajamas. Like, we know it's pajamas. <laughs> it's fine. Like, we know we're about to... Leanne and oh I were both gosh. opening up pajamas. That's going to be fine. When I was, I was an only child, so I never had that experience of opening it. Oh my God, you both are only time. children. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. You guys, this is my fucking pattern in life. You know, I only <laughs> surround myself with only children. <laughs> but, <laughs> I had a bunch of cousins, so we were, I never opened presents by myself. I never like walked out. I, like there was always a million cousins at our house constantly. Yeah, I had, some, I had some cousins, not a million, but in my house, it was always tradition to like allow me to open one gift on Christmas Eve. Sure, same, oh, same. I wanted that so bad. The, to quell the excitement. But one year, my mom, like, I don't know, she just decided like it'd be funny to be like, no, you can't this year because you're like getting older. You're not a baby. You don't need yeah. to open a gift. And I was like lost my mind i was like i need you have to let me open a present and she was like she was like no no just wait till tomorrow and then i was like let me just open that one from aunt margaret and she was like she was like i mean no and i was like i probably already know what it is and she was like what do you think it is and i was like uh it's probably like a necklace and my mom was like yeah but what kind of necklace and i was like it's probably like an owl necklace and then my mom was like it is go ahead <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> well, you just witched it up. I just, I mean, just if you knew my Aunt Margaret, 
It was an easily solvable mystery. <laughs> just like, I used to try to avoid, I used because you know you shake them and if they don't make any noise, it's closed. Yeah. And when I was younger, my fucking aunts and they would they were hip to the game. So I would like pick it up and I shake it and I put it down and they'd be like, you got to open that. Because when I would open clothes, they would, I, was this your case? They would make me try them on. Yes, yes. So it was just like really interrupting me trying to get like a fucking Craig David CD if I got to go upstairs <laughs> and put on the pants you bought me. So I'd be like shaking. Why would like, they do all. that? Why it's did people so do annoying. that? annoying. Was that only me? Did you guys, when you open no, clothes, you had yeah, to try it on? Try, yeah, always have to try uh, it on. It was just like, I was like, I know that there are two CDs in here that I asked for. And the sooner I get them, the sooner I can put them in my 3 disc CD changer from last year. Please yeah. let me find my Craig David CD. And so. then when the thing doesn't fit, and then they're like, and then you're like, it doesn't fit. Yeah. And then they're like, no, come show it to me. Yeah. And like, then you have to come out and they're like, no, it doesn't, no, it doesn't fit. fit. Yes. You'd be like, it doesn't fit. You just try to say that. You probably didn't even try it on. Did we all have the same goddamn parents? Wait, I feel like that did happen to me and I've blocked it out. Yeah. Like, because now you're saying to- it and it feels very reminiscent. It happens because, to everyone. It's in like a Chris in the Christmas well, story movie. Oh, what well, is that? So your annoying. wait. What's your Christmas movie, Shantira? Uh, I really like the a Christmas story because it came on twenty four hours. Wait, is I, that okay? Uh, yeah. But like, I think gen- it's gener it's sort of generational. Like everybody has different ones that like they watch all the time. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it was or that like, one. Like because Elf, we- like for like kids and like like for yeah. Casey's kids, probably Elf, right? Lincoln and I share the same favorite Christmas movie, which is It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, yeah. Um, That's a good movie. But am I wrong? It's it's long, right? It's long. It's it's long. We (laughs) like it for different reasons. I don't know why Lincoln likes it, but I like it because Jimmy Stewart is so hot. So fucking hot. Young Paul Newman hot. Yeah. I only have crushes on dead guys. You know Um, who else I fucking get real hard for that's not that's, <laughs> that's not the way you no, say that, it that's that that's, that's not right the expression that's not right. is you get you get wide for someone ew that's disgusting no, uh, I don't I've get never wide heard you know that. I have I've a never really, heard that before <laughs> but I have a really narrow set vagina <laughs> you know that I have a really short I have a tiny vagina. It's in, well, anyway. I know it's incongruous to how big my mouth is. I get it. I'm a loud person tiny vagina. Anyway your tiny vagina get excited about <laughs> old Al Pacino, like oh. real, like like oh. not old. Wait, wait. Back in the day, like young, early seventies, young. Yeah, yeah, Al like nineteen seventy one. Al Pacino. I'm like, I would. Yes, I want to fuck I that. I can see it. I can see it. Oh, he's so hot. <laughs> and that's the I end of the him. podcast, you guys. Bye, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. Oh, we actually have a whole other part to go. We do. Who is it? Who did we talk to? We talked to. Your friend Zoe Lister Jones. Wait, which Yay. was it was just announced today, and then she's gonna talk about it. And she was like, "Can I talk about this?" Yes, she can. The movie that she made in core that she didn't ask me to be in. Whatever, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Do you love that I didn't bring that up, but now I am. I'm such an asshole. Anyway, well, a a you're drunk, and b it wasn't it. What you weren't part of her pod. I could have been one of those people six feet apart. You could. I'm not going to be. I wasn't in it. But the movie got into Sundance. Congratulations to my friend Zoe Lister Jones <laughs> and her husband Daryl. Let's listen to our talk with Zoe. 
stinky pits, stinky pits. Everyone has stinky pits. Not with each and every, they don't. That was good. Female founded each and every natural ingredients. It's a deodorant that makes you smell lovely. (laughs) And it also keeps your armpits healthy. Guys, this is all just off the top of my head. This is what we're dealing with. This level of jingle writing talent is being put to work. When you're not thinking pod. about when you're not thinking about your pit smelling bad, your brain can do incredible things. So, That's right. Just so you, you know. know. You, Thank you, you, yes. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I basically ran home today, and guess what I smell like? An angel. Lavender and lemon, baby. <laughs> oh. Lavender and lemon. And I'm dry. I stayed dry, and this isn't even an antiperspirant. It's just a natural deodorant with such good stuff in it that my pits are like we abide. we don't want to cause any trouble here we just want you to feel good smell good no irritating chemicals i am a very sensitive little bean i get irritated by almost everything same same both emotionally and physically (laughs) and it me guys listen we're here here we go do your best to treat your body right try out each and every for yourself we know you're gonna love it our listeners are going to get 30% off their first purchase. Visit eachandevery.com slash busy today and use the promo code busy. It's a limited time offer. Don't wait. Go now. Promo code busy at eachandevery.com slash busy for 30% off. You know what makes great stocking stuffers? Mm-hmm. Natural deodorant. Here's what... Here's what I love about Warby Parker. I love Warby Parker. I've loved them for a long time um, before they advertised on this pad. Kiest. Warby Parker was founded with a rebellious spirit and a lofty goal. And that is often what I say about myself. <laughs> Warby's your soulmate. Warby Parker is my soulmate. Um, Eyeglasses, sunglasses, contact lenses, eye exams. Warby Parker is committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores offering eyeglasses, sunglasses, eye exams, contact lenses. The glasses start at $95, which I love, including prescription lenses. Sunglasses, progressives, and blue light lenses are also available. I got some blue light lenses so that I could spend all day on the computer and not get a headache or whatever the blue lens is supposed to do. I don't know, but I have it's blue supposed light to be good ones for you. Too. I really like them. What I is it a, supposed to do? I have it. I'll put them on right now. It's just like, uh, it's yeah. To help with light. Artif- artificial light, right? Yeah. Okay. So I have the blue light glasses. It was great. I bought them online. They sent them to my house. And then I went to Warby Parker to get them adjusted to my little round face. <laughs> I love that. I love that. They'll do that for you. Yeah. So you go to warbyparker.com. You take the quiz. You know we love a quiz. Love it. You order a try, a home try-on kit. That's exciting. That's what I did. I did that. It's so fun to get the try-ons at your Mm -hmm. house. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is if you don't want those glasses, you just send them back. No, No big deal. Nothing bad happens, but you're going to want to keep some. 
But then you'd also have to send them back because they send you a new pair, actually. Yeah, I was going to say. Because that happened to me. Because I was like, wait, I just... Do I just keep this pair? Nope. You send that pair back because they send you a new pair that's like made for you. Because also like maybe you need a prescription put in them. Maybe you want to <laughs> get the blue light thing put in them. Like there's all kinds of ways that you have to like you can customize them after you try them on at home. Um, I love it. Well, now it's time for you to find glasses that you really love people out there listening to this. Try Warby Parker's free home try-on program. Order five pairs of glasses to try at home for free for five days. There is no obligation for you to buy those glasses. It ships free and includes a prepaid return shipping label. So easy, even I could do it. So you try five pairs of glasses at home for free at warbyparker.com slash our best. Guys, we are thrilled to be joined. (laughs) By a real multi hyphenate since the start, really. You just came in guns blazing, <laughs> multi hyphening it up. And I mean, Hollywood. my last name has an actual hyphen, so it was That's sort right. of like I had no choice. You had no choice. You were a multi hyphenate from birth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Zoe, okay, first of all, thank you for doing this. Secondly, oh, thank you. I've known you for a very long time. Mm hmm. I know. I was what? trying to think about that this morning. Me too. Um, like, we, we met through Ed Drosty. Correct. Grizzly and Bears, I, Ed Drosty, everyone <laughs> at home. Was it at that dinner? Was it a dinner party and Solange was there? Was it that dinner party at that really pretty house? <laughs> it was like a pretty house that nobody Potentially. Owned. Potentially. You know, I feel... You know, I get to skip over Solange. I feel, was she performing? I, was she hanging out? Was no, no, no. We were no. just friends with her. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider myself a friend of hers. I well, would like to. I was me um, neither. But, but I pretend like I am. <laughs> <laughs> Still to this day, I was like, we had dinner together once, twelve years ago, and we're friends. Wait, um, wait, wait, also, and we're not, this, this podcast is not just going to be about Ed Drosty, um, but he had like a con- a country home where he would invite his friends to, there's always like a, the specter of Jay-Z and Beyonce might come. Yes. And the helicopter. <laughs> huh? The and helicopter that circled. Right. <laughs> Was that you? Wait, were you on that trip? So like there, we were like all so excited that they, that they, there was a helicopter that circled that, and it, it couldn't land. But everyone was like, "There, they were so close." <laughs> I, I was so close. Um, I, Mark and I, yeah. one year we, when we went to Coachella and Solange was playing. This was not that long ago, and I saw we saw her. It was she, but she was still with Alan. So it was however long ago that was. We saw her and Alan, and I was like, "Oh, we'll go say, we'll just walk over and go say hi." And Mark and I started to walk up to them, and we were fully blocked and I was like oh 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 shit right right okay. I was like I'm, I forgot I stand corrected I'm yeah. like we are uh, not friends no I was like wait I know I know them and then he the so I because then I was like well now I'm gonna get in like I couldn't <laughs> deal with being stopped by the security no. guard because I knew no. what, I I also I know what Mark and I look like you know just yeah. like Two people that are 20 years too old to be at Coachella. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, no, we know them. And so the security guard, I think, got Alan's attention. And uh, 
And I was like, and he was like, busy, Mark. I was like, okay, he, yes, great, great, great. Oh, that's such, <laughs> I like wasted. the ending of that story. Yeah, it was Thank great. God, and then it I could have gone so badly. It could have gone yeah. really badly. And then I saw, and then I, and then we talked with them for a bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, Solange is truly a dream. But I do think that's the dinner party we met at. Um, okay, so Zoe, first of all, congratulations on the craft. Thank you. Yay. Oh yeah. So. Listeners, let's just go through it. I'll do this in the little thing before we even get to you. But like, you may know Zoe Lister-Jones as an actor. Life in Pieces was a big hit show. Lots of people were heartbroken when that show did not end up coming back, including you. I know a little bit. Yeah. You really liked it. Well, I love having a job. Yeah. No, we did. And and of course, like there was this was another uh, um, like deep connection between you and I is that then my TV husband was, um, Colin Hanks and you obviously, um, uh, you know, he was, he was, he was your college husband, was was your college college husband, husband. your your real life college husband. It is for all intents and purposes, my starter marriage, you know, just without the marriage part. Um, yes, I know. And so, and we, yes. And, and your first like big network TV show was with Whitney yeah. Cummings, a yeah. good friend of mine. Yes. Uh, you always, as I started off by saying, you always have been a multi-hyphenate. So you had written, co-written things, written things before for yourself to be in. You had produced things. And then you, um, during Life in Pieces, put together a movie that you wrote and were going to star in and you directed it, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. And if you guys haven't seen Band-Aid, I'm sure... You got a lot of time on your hands right now, guys. <laughs> There's another spike. Where is it streaming, yeah. Zoe? Everywhere? I don't know how it's. This um, works. Yeah, it's on like iTunes. I, I, that's what I go to. I, I don't know. I, there's too many platforms to like. I don't figure out where things are. I just go to the little like the little um, magnifying glass on the and Apple type it TV in. and just type it. In. Oh, yeah. yeah, I so, always just say Siri and then like see where she brings. Yeah, it, where, where Siri, it watch Band Aid. <laughs> but yeah. Band Aid's an incredible movie, which also you managed to fold in another one of your hyphens, which is musician. <laughs> <laughs> you are yeah. a musician in it with Adam <laughs> Pally. And then this opportunity showed up for Zoe to write and direct the craft re- reboot mm-hmm. re- sequel. Yeah. The classic. Are we calling it's a, it? It is. It's well, like it is, a, it is a sequel, but I feel like before um, it was like released, I didn't want to call it that because I wanted the sequelness to be. On the down low. But like but, a sequel 30 years later, is it really a sequel? It's not. No. I, no. I, I always say it's like a reimagining, but right. it, it, does, it does take place in the same universe. Right. Um, and so that movie, I'm sure you all have seen because it was a huge hit and it came out <laughs> right before Halloween. <laughs> but, and, if but you, you haven't. Have, but if you haven't, again... Hopefully you're going to be spending a lot of time in your house and not yeah. at fucking parties, guys, in the next yeah. several yeah. weeks being everyone safe. Everyone should be home. So. But also, like, we're this is that time of year right after Thanksgiving where everyone's done. Like, mm-hmm. you got stuff to do, but, like, you know we done, right? Like, yeah. It's a month of Friday <laughs> afternoons. Yeah. We're all just kind of like, well, why should we do this? In two weeks, we're off. Everyone is actually done. So you can watch the movie, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right in the sure. middle of your work from home day. Yeah. You're like, oh, sorry, I'm in a meeting. It's called the yeah. craft. <laughs> By the way, we all need to harness all of our witchiness. 
You know what yes. I mean? Oh my God. We still, there's a lot. I put on my witch. Uh, oh my God. So we not, there's no shade at all. I totally forgot we were doing the podcast today. This is, that's just typical <laughs> for me just, on a, that's like truly par no for the course. Yeah. Um, that I You're don't doing remember. your best. You're literally I'm doing your truly. best. Truly. And I put on my little witch medallion today. Oh my God. Oh, Isn't that weird? What is that? It's a little medallion that uh, one of the Eric Gurian, one of the producers on, did he get it or did you get it? No, Eric gave them Got as it gifts for us. to you and I. Yeah. Because Busy, Busy and I would always say like, we're witches. And that's like something that kind of, you know, not to scare people because it does scare people sometimes. That is like probably what I most describe to. But Busy mm-hmm. has all of these magical properties as a person so she would always say like we were we would say like this is going to happen and you know and we're like putting our intentions out there and then it would happen and then we always talked about how we needed a third witch and eric power of three will set you free yes that's right eric gurian desperately wanted to be the third witch and i would just i would just scream at him you're not a witch eric (laughs) and he'd be like okay but like think about it (laughs) <laughs> anyway i put on my witch medallion today so there were witchy vibes that in the is, air oh my goodness yeah mm. well which i feel like yeah we've we, we've needed witchy vibes for a long time but now more than ever listen i want to talk about pivots with you zoe <laughs> but wait but i also want to know if anything witchy happened while you guys were filming and if you felt the power yes okay well, i want to know all well, the witchy things okay well th- we had three real witches um, who were our consultants. Witch consultants. So, Fantastic. Witch consultants, which is a job. You know what and, I love about um, Zoe? She does not fuck around. Yeah. <laughs> well, you shouldn't fuck around with no, that. No, you don't no, want to fuck really around should. with no. witches. You shouldn't. No. Yeah. I had no interest in fucking around. Um, I, and, I, and I also wanted to, like, create a movie that was, I don't know, like um, – respectful of the witchcraft community and that was representative of mm-hmm. witchcraft traditions of yore but also contemporary you know witchcraft tr- traditions and um, so yeah we had these three rad witches um so cool. and so that 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 was the coolest and they uh pam grossman who's a she wrote a book actually if anyone listening is interested in witchcraft called waking the witch which is like this amazing comprehensive i, I am i want history it. you gotta you gotta read it it's amazing okay. um and she wrote all the spells in the film. Um, and so, like, I definitely... She couldn't be on set because we shot it in Toronto, but we had a Canadian witch um, named Erin Fogel. She was Sorry, very... that is really... We had a Canadian witch. Yeah. And she was we very, were lucky um, to have one. Yep. Very polite witch. And she... Um, and so she was, like, there to make sure that we were doing everything correctly and the right. you know, ritual, ritual objects were being used correctly. But she was also there to, like, um, actually close the circle at the beginning of the day and open the circle at the end of the day so that like whatever we were conjuring how however unconsciously with these um spells and rituals even though like pam i think said um what did she say she said magic doesn't know you're making a movie which i love yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um i really believe i really believe in like you have to especially when you're working in this industry where like things get so blurred so frequently you have to acknowledge it. Cause if you don't, then things get real weird. They can get real weird. Yeah. Okay. So she would like protect you guys. So she would protect us. And, and, 
and we did have to have her come at one point. We shot, um, David Duchovny is in the film. He plays sort of like the patriarch and, um, yeah, he's the best. And, um, I feel like you could be his daughter. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. You both have strong yeah. jawlines. I would like to be like. <laughs> I love like, that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. He he does feel like family to me. I I really do um, adore him. But wait, his... you could be you could be Mulder and Scully's daughter. That's <gasps> really that's oh, it. Yeah. Oh my god, that's it. That's I was I was gonna it. say it, but I felt like it was self compassion. It had to come. You know what I mean? It had to come. Yes, from it had to come from you, yeah. and I yeah. and, and I appreciate you. But and now that I've said, said it, that's all, that's all stands, I can see. <laughs> strong. They both have strong jawlines. So strong. Yeah. Strong jaws. Still, still, still stands. Okay. So <laughs> okay. And, and is it? Wait. No, I'm gonna get to the scary stuff. But wait, is it? Is it Gillian or Gillian? Gillian Anderson. Gillian. 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 It's Gillian. It's a hard. It's Gillian. It's Gillian Anderson. Right, Gillian, Gillian Jacobs. Jacobs. Yeah. Gillian, Gillian Jacobs. Jacobs. It's Gillian a real gif jif situation. It really yeah. Is. But it's Gillian, Gillian Jacobs really fucked everything up for me because now I'm like, is your name pronounced weird too? Um, <laughs> anyway, J- Gillian Anderson, I just want to say she's aging in reverse and whatever she's doing, I'd like to know um, because she's like the most beautiful. She's always been the most beautiful, but like as she ages, she becomes so listen, much more, listen, even more yeah. beautiful. When, when white people mind their business, they age appropriately. <laughs> when they, she is minding her business. That's right. Yeah. And she mm-hmm. is aging appropriately. That's right. And, and when that's you, the secret. And when you be fucking up, you look like shit. Everybody we yeah. can't stand looks like they're literally melting. That's all that's I got to say about that. That's all I got to say about that. When you mind your business, you don't look well, like yeah. shit. Um, okay. So anyway, so we're in, we're in the set that David Duchovny's character, um, lives in and, um, it's like an old mansion. It's very beautiful. But when we, when we did our like, um, uh, tech scout, like with the crew, um, to check it out, my DP who it's funny, like I worked with my DP, Hillary Spiro, she's amazing on Band-Aid as well, but I, until you work on like a witch movie, you don't <laughs> lo- you don't learn that basically so many people you know are like witches. Do you know what I mean? Like where and 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 witch is a category that I think I was really interested in exploring in this film. That like it it um, defies you know the sort of um, paradigm that most people think of. But we are, we're all sort of witches in our own way. Oh, yeah. And so she was she. I didn't know that she had a, an intuitive gift. Um, and so she was, she walked into the house just during this text out and was like, Ooh, and I was like, what's up? Like not enough light, you know, or like, what, what are you feeling? <laughs> and she was like, no, there's just an energy in here that, um, I think we're going to be fine. It's not malicious. It's just intense. And I was like, I'm going to ignore everything you just said because <laughs> I can't take that on right now. And so we, we went through with filming there and I sort of like forgot that and um willfully forgot that and then when we started shooting there um everyone started uh complaining of different sort of things that they were feeling that they couldn't explain like oh my god and this is like like Toronto sort of like dude crew you know like not people who are like I feel funny in my tummy like they were like but they were um a lot of people started talking about like a weight on their chest that they were feeling yeah. or feeling mm-hmm. sort of short of breath. Um, mm-hmm. The lights would turn on and off. Mm-hmm. Um, and classic. That's classic. a classic. classic. It's yeah. a classic. It's a classic. What's up? And then, <laughs> um, 
And then our the the craziest thing was our lead actress, um, Kaylee Spaney, who's amazing. She was in her holding area, which was like in the attic. Sorry, right. Kaylee. Yeah. And um and so she like came down to shoot a scene and she left her phone in her holding area and um she locked it, you know, like whatever, and then came downstairs and when she went back upstairs, her phone she unlocked it and there was a photo that had been no. taken no. on her phone no. that was of an orb. It looked no. like the inside of mm-hmm. an eyeball almost. And she was like, what the fuck? And everyone was feeling, this was like sort of the straw that broke the camel's back. So we, we like rang up Canadian witch, <laughs> yeah. Aaron Fogel. And, um, and she pulled up and she, you know, like before our, our shooting day and, and just had like a talking to with the spirits and um, and then she circled the um, perimeter of the house with salt, which is a protective measure. Uh huh. And then um, and then the next few days, like until we were done shooting, um, it did calm down slightly. Interesting. But at the end of the shoot, the owner of the house came back, and I was like, "Hey, what's the history no. of this place?" And he said it was a hospice and over 300 people died inside. No, oh, thank my you. That's God. Gonna a, that's going to be a no yeah. for me, dog. That's, <laughs> that's, that's your new first question when yeah. you scout a location <laughs> going forward. <laughs> that's like, my Growing up, my grandmother lived like literally like you could look out the window and see a graveyard. Like that's how close we oh lived. Oh my God. Home. And I really think that we all have kind of felt stuff and been like, I'm going yeah. to completely, fully ignore that. <laughs> but what I have known growing up is that um, they will not be ignored. So mm. <laughs> you better, like, acknowledge it. And it, you could be like, hey, I'm in here. You got to be chill because, like, I'm alive. So, like, you can't be doing weird stuff to me. And they'll be like, okay, bet. But, like, if you come in and you, like, don't talk to them, they'll be like, well, I'll just do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, exactly yeah. like us. <laughs> Yeah. Spirits. They're just like us. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just me. So <laughs> that's been my no, ghost, it is my ghost like, experience. Ghosts don't like to be ghosted. Hey. 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 Truly. Hey. Truth. Like, so okay. Like, We're here. I'm gonna turn this light on, bitch. Yeah. So, so Zoe, you're you're like you know, just really I feel like you have really come into your own in all the ways in career wise. But let's discuss the pivot. Like you've always struck me in our friendship as a person who is like constantly driven and you want to like find the next thing and figure out how to do it the best way and figure out how to make it even better than somebody else would do it. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I just am curious, A, where that comes from and B, if it was born out of a feeling that that was a necessity for you. Or if it was just like a thing that is born in you, that you've always been this way. Um, well, I guess, first of all, thank you for saying all those nice things about me. Um, I, I guess like both my parents, um, are, are visual artists. Right. And, um, and I think neither of them, while brilliant, neither of them, um, were ever, acknowledged by the um, art world in the way that 
I believe they should have been. And so I think the, um, I was really aware of that pain growing up. Um, Mm -hmm. And I actually was pretty afraid of becoming an artist um, because of that, because of what I saw it meant. Like I, I understood very well that it was nearly impossible to make a living from art and um and that most of that life was heartbreak um and so i think like when i i when i got into tish i i got a, a scholarship to tish um to be uh, to their theater school and i was like i don't want to go and my mom like in a funny reversal because i feel like most parents are like yeah no don't go to acting school <laughs> um she was like no do go um but i was i was i always had this sort of fear so i think once i made committed to being an artist mm-hmm. i was like i cannot fail <laughs> like i just was like i have to figure out how to make this work because mm-hmm. I think the fear was so great of, mm. um, of what, not even failing because we're always, you know, failing upwards or whatever, but, or, or failing downwards or failing in general. And the heartbreak is inescapable no matter how many successes you might have. Um, but I think, um, I think that was definitely like a big motivating factor for me was always just like, you got to make this thing work, you know? And, and I think as an actor, like right when I, graduated from NYU. I, I had written a one woman show, right. which is sort of like, um, <laughs> LOL, but I did. And, um, and I, You're and just I like, like, uh, Emma, what's her name from La La Land? Emma Stone. Right? I'm, I'm yeah. just Emma Stone. like, yeah. You're yeah. Emma Stone from La La Land. Yeah, that's right. Except for mm-hmm. I never fucked Brian Gosling. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think also I, I understood that writing was a way for me to like process how big my feelings were all the time. And I know that we all share, we're, we're all deeply feeling people here on this podcast. So, um, Crying? So, heard of it? Yeah. Heard of it? You um, guys, I finally did it. I'm really a New Yorker guys. Last night I broke down and was sobbing on the street oh, in New that's, York. Yeah, that's and it was it. like, I felt like, well, she's here. She's really, she's yeah, really was, done it now. You have I was to reach on the, the next level when you comfort someone on the street, oh, when you're like oh. ready with mm. tissues and you're mm. ready to be like, you're going to be okay. Copy That's, that. I, yeah. I, I love that. You know that me and New York are not friends, but <laughs> I do love how much, uh, talk about Jillian uh, Anderson, people in New York mind they motherfucking business. <laughs> you get on the train, you sit down and you cry like a motherfucker and they just be like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Yep. Like, yeah, you just going through yeah, like, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of cities where you got to get in your car. There's a lot of cities where you got to go home and close the door. Not New York. Sit nope. down and cry right here and everybody will be like, yeah, this is a good place. The whole <laughs> yeah. city is a good place to cry. I love Lots that. of people stepped around me is all I'm going to yeah. say. Lots of yeah. people, oh just God. a wide berth. Zoe, you were saying that writing was a way for you to process your big feelings. Yeah. There are so many times, because making movies is so hard. It's like, it's really fucked up and hard. And um, there have been many times where I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. Um but then like, I'll have, you know, feelings that I don't know what to do with. And so I start to write about them and it is sort of like the only way I, I know how. Um, 
I compare it, I don't have children, but I do, I, I've heard from those who do that when you have a baby, you're like, I'm never going to do that again because that was so hard. You know, like the pregnancy and labor and all of it. And then you like forget and then you have yes, another one. Right. Because that's the only way any second child ever gets born. Right. Is that amnesia. Right. And I think. Or, right. That- and even though like you kind of don't really forget, it like takes the edge off. And then also you have the baby. You have the kid. Well, that's the thing, right? So, like, you're like, oh, I had this thing. That's like, I amazing. did it. I can yeah. do it again because I, the end result is so rewarding well, in so many ways. I will say right. this. Okay, so like, when my mom had me, she told them to tie them tubes immediately. She did. She said, <laughs> she, true said, story. she said, I did not like that. I will not be doing that again. I love her. Wrap it up. So she didn't, she didn't wait for that amnesia to set in. You gotta get if you you gotta give it a day. Said, I will never forget. So I will say there's also that. There's that. <laughs> but, but can I ask you though, like, because we are all very very highly feeling people, and a lot of us do put our feelings in our art. Are there particular feelings where you're like, uh, I want to put it in my art to let other people know that like I, they're feeling it too? Like, what makes you decide? I always had wondered about Band-Aid, Shantira, like if that was a personal story for you because you don't, you you and Daryl haven't had any kids and like mm-hmm. that sort of is what the story, I mean, the story of Band-Aid is about a couple who like wants to have a kid, but then she has a miscarriage and mm-hmm. it's really, that's really painful for her mm-hmm. to go through. And I, ne- you know, you don't have to, <laughs> do not have to answer any of it. But I just was like always curious if you use autobiographical things in your in your stories in your movie making or if yes. you're just like okay oh no I always do and I don't know how not to and even in something like the craft like I that that project was brought to me where um, Blumhouse was like do you want to pitch a take on what you might imagine this this to be and I it, it is like a, an exciting way like of channeling when you're talking about like witchy shit, but like immediately I sat on my computer and my own teenage trauma was the, was like, it just poured out of me. It was like my mom, um, she raised me on my own, on her own when I was in high school. Um, and she moved me into her boyfriend's house with his three sons. And so we went from this super like sort of divine feminine and feminist space to a, pretty toxically masculine space. Um, and it was super traumatic for me. And I had, I didn't even realize that was something that I needed to unpack until I had a script to unpack it within. Do you know what I mean? And that's like kind of what's, what is most exciting about the creative process in that way uh, for me is like, um, with Band-Aid too, like, because I found, I found the process of filmmaking to be so, um, traumatizing in so many ways that I was like, how could I make this fun for myself? Um, And so I I started with songs where I was just like, I want to write songs. I want to play songs and that will create joy. And then as I started writing those songs, I realized what I was actually trying to process, which was, you know, like grief and, and um, trying to understand how couples love through conflict and then it be, it does become super therapeutic and i do i, I will say that daryl my husband and i the first film that we made was called breaking up words and um that was a movie that 
Daryl decided to, we were in an open relationship when we like, we're in our early twenties. Um, you guys have been together for those at home. I mean, forever. Is that yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, since birth. Yeah, it was an yeah. arranged marriage. Um, and no, we, we, yeah, we've been together for 16 and a half years. And, um, and so when we were, you know, little babies, we were, we, we were in an open relationship and he started writing about it. And it was such a, um, like there was, it, it was such a bold, uh, and sort of transparent, like, um, showcase of what we were actually going through and I was like can we do that (laughs) you know and we did and it was really complicated because then we sort of became like spokespeople for non-monogamy in a way that I didn't necessarily feel comfortable with but um but that was sort of the (laughs) the start of like I love that (laughs) (laughs) it was like the start of like the work being Mm -hmm. also the therapy like in this weird way yeah that was a, that was a long, that was a long way of saying I got a lot to work out, and there's just a hell of a lot more. It's only the beginning. Bev, I want a bev right fucking now. I'm not even kidding you. I really do. I really want a bev. It's five o'clock here, you guys. I want a fucking bev. Where is my <laughs> bev? Someone go get me a bev. I wish that one of you were here. I wish that anyone was here with me. I wish so we could go get you a bev. We could have a Bev together. I wish that it wasn't a global pandemic. I know. That rosé that is, just... it really hit, man. It's that so rosé hits. You guys, I love, I saw, did you guys see, were you guys tagged in that a few people have purchased Bevs and tagged yes. us? Yes. Oh I mean, guys, we're not joking. It is real delightful. good. It's true. It's delightful. I like the extra fizzy sparkling white wine for the holidays because also you can make that into an Aperol spritz, which is like, real delicious and um the wines there's rosé that I also love you know I love rosé soft blanc pinot gris it was female founded which I love I also love that um it's a female first canned wine brand that was founded to change not only the way a product is consumed but the way an industry and culture have operated for generations because it's an industry that's almost exclusively masculine And Bev is breaking norms and creating something from the female perspective that's approachable, fun, and consumer-centric. Did I just read all of that? Yes. Do I believe it in my core? Yes. Support women who have good ideas and start brands that are amazing. If Oprah still had her talk show, I guarantee you the women who founded Bev would be guests on an episode, like when she had those episodes where it was like, ladies, like who changed their lives. You know what I mean? In fact, you know what I'm going to say? Why don't we have these ladies on this podcast? I would. Love I want to know. I want to talk to the Bev ladies. I really do. Their four packs are perfect and the cutest holiday gift for anyone on your list. And the best part, okay, there's zero sugar, only three carbs, 100 calories per serving. That's not the best part. You know, I don't fuck with like, I don't care about like counting calories and stuff like that. But the best part to me is that each can is a glass and a half of wine, which is the perfect amount of wine with dinner for me. So perfect. Yeah. 
I could talk. I could talk all day about Bev. I love it's it. It's great that you don't have to open a bottle and be like, "Damn, that's I'm right." A whole half the fizzy buzz- bubbles are going to be gone out of my. That's right. Sparkling. It's like boom. This is the amount. Even I Even if want. you try to just get that cork back in as tight as you can, it never is the same. <laughs> and and like now, you know, I don't want to be wasteful. It's too expensive to be wasteful. I love Bev. We've worked out a deal for you guys listening at home. For the Busy Phillips is doing her best podcast listeners, that's you. Right now, you receive 20% off your first purchase plus free shipping on all orders. I personally, I'm going to just suggest that you try the best-selling Ladies Night Variety Pack so you check out all of the delicious varietals. Go to drinkbev.com slash busy or use code B-U-S-Y busy at the checkout to claim the deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-B-E-V.com slash busy. So yeah, I might have found, I might have found the next thing I feel like you and I should do something together. I went um, up, up in the Hudson Valley. I went to this like antique outdoor antique flea market last month. There was amazing stuff, but I also was like, I just have a car. I'm not like, you know, you have to like take that (laughs) shit with you when it's, there's no like, so you guys deliver right to New York city. (laughs) Like they're like, no, you're taking the fucking coffee table with you. So I like was like looking around and then the last stop, right as we were going out, I saw these two little hedgehogs and they really like cute (laughs) mid-century clay hedgehogs. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, I gotta get fucking get getting yeah, those little hedgehogs. That's an add to cart. They yeah. are just this, they're this this big. And as the, I was handing them to the woman, this little red book caught my eye and it says my journal 1979, which is the year I was born. Whoa. And I picked it up and the woman was like, I've been waiting. I've been <gasps> waiting to see who's gonna get it. Whoa. And I was like, it's me. It's me. <laughs> I'm I'm going to get it. I am the one you've been waiting for. I'm the one. And she was like, I'm very curious to see what you'll do with it. There's a lot in there. And so wait, can I tell you, because I've been so focused on Girls 5 Eva, which is a whole journey. And so I haven't like, I have not even cracked it yet, but it is like itching at me and I can't wait. And I feel like it's going to be real good. I know. I know. That's the beginning of something. Did you have, when, when you guys decided to move to LA, was that like a calculated decision did that feel like a big dramatic choice like what was what was the thing that had you leave what was it I like I was raised in Brooklyn I really never thought I would leave um and then in acting school I had do you remember do you know Kristen Johnson you know her anyway she came like gave like a guest class I do know her yeah and she was like don't go to LA unless you have a job there. <laughs> and I took it that advice very seriously and I didn't. <clears throat> and so I worked in New York, like in theater and indie films and, and, um, all the law and order franchises. Obviously. Right. I'm sure all, and, of, all um, of them, all of them, all of them. And then, um, and then I got uh, Whitney. And so, uh, and Whitney, she came to New York and she was like the first, you know, 
as we know, it's like I was grinding for so long in pilot season where I was just like, am I ever going to get a show? Like, I just was like, it might be, it might be a wrap on me and TV, you know? And then, um, and then when you were 24, <laughs> just FYI, just by the like, way, guys, no, I, I wasn't. No, I'm serious. How old no, are you? I was like, it is. That's it. When you're 28. I was like 28. That's the like that. oldest you've ever been. I know. 28. No, I you was know? 28. I was 28. And I had been working, you know, it had, it had been seven years and it felt like a long time. And like since graduating college and, um, and then Whitney like really believed in me and, um, and she did all of this amazing shit. Like she like, she was like, you need to be on this show. And when she tested me, she paid for me to get my hair dyed uh, red because she had brown hair and they thought that we looked too similar. Um, but this was like before I had gotten the job, you know, like she was like championing me in a way that I had never been championed before. And I got that gig. And so then I moved to LA temporarily and then we got a season two and we did the thing that everyone says never to do, which is to like buy a place immediately before season two, because you know that you're going to get canceled <laughs> that next season. Um, and which we did, we were promptly canceled 13 episodes later. Um, but now I have to say, especially in quarantine and since life and pieces was canceled, I miss New York so much. And I, I, I have a lot of envy for your current situation. Busy. I'm like, you just fucking packed it in, in LA. It was weird. Like, this is what I'm doing now. This is who I After am. After 20 two years of being there. It's wild. But how, but you moved before you got the, the gig, right? I had a witchy vibe. I was open. I was just yeah. very open. But that's my question to you about your writing. Like as, even with the, even with the craft review, because that's an assignment job, uh, yeah. Hollywood break for people at home. Like as, <laughs> as Zoe said, Blumhouse had the rights to this movie. And a lot mm-hmm. of times, Film companies will have the rights to franchises and they and they put the call out to writers to give their takes, writers and directors. Um, how do you stay open to yourself to letting the stories from whatever it is that you're like, you know, trying to work through come out like that? How do you keep that channel open? Just weed or what? <laughs> <laughs> um you know, I've never written high, which is crazy because I do like what? to smoke weed. Yeah, you've got I you've gotten me higher than I've ever been. <laughs> I know that. I do know that. Um, I like passed out <laughs> one time. It was terrible. I I think that because it's so difficult to write shit and to then direct shit and all that stuff, there's no part of me that wants to do something that is not important to me. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and so and that that also is sometimes not a good quality to have because yeah. those jobs are, are, you know, pay, pay really big sometimes, but you get, you get I, offered way more shit you don't want to do than, than you do want to do. <laughs> yeah. Like it, sure. Yeah. And it, and it is like a question of what, um, what you want to really devote your time and energy to. And so I think like when something like the craft came in, even though it was like incoming and it wasn't, um, and it was like a property and a sort of like container that I had to work within. Um, I was like, Oh, I see myself. I know how I mm-hmm. can like live and breathe in, in this and how like my soul can be free, you know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you working on now? What are you going to do? What are you feeling? Are you going to do an album? What's happening, Zoe? What's next? What's the pivot? <laughs> what are we doing? Um, Daryl and I shot a movie in quarantine, um, which was crazy. And so that just um, 
was accepted into Sundance. Oh my God. Wild. <laughs> so I can't wait. Yeah. So that, and then, and then I have been writing, um, like the beginning of a book. I, I and it's not like, um, that's a real pivot because I've never done that, but I like, I've always loved creative writing. Um, so I'm trying to sort of like figure out what that means for me. And it's just been like a fun experiment. And I think that is mm-hmm. the beauty of this, like, um, you know, trash fire that has been 2020 is that you, you are able to sort of be like, let me see what this weird endeavor feels like, you know? I mean, I have to say like having the craft come out, you must be feeling pretty fucking great because (laughs) you know what I mean? Like to have something great come out during 2020, (laughs) that's like creatively, like that's like a huge win. I, I also wrote a television series in quarantine that I'm like, you know, now like still developing, but it just, I, I think like I was facing like, Oh, am I addicted to work in a way that is um, problematic, you know? Like, Are you? <laughs> um, yeah, I think in some ways, like yeah, I don't- Yeah, I, I was gonna say you're so prolific. Like even when I was just watching, like I feel like I do a lot of shit, you, you know? You do a lot of shit. Yeah, I feel like I do a lot, but I do think, I think of you as like the one person who I'm always like, how did she do that? What the fuck, Zoe? Like, I guess I just am always like, what, how does that keep, churning for you and like at what point does it do you get like oh I really do I really should just break take a break well I have I have breakdowns a lot and I think and and like (laughs) like emotional or just like emotional yeah Yeah, fully and um and so I think like that's something that I have had to really look at like I I've been looking at addiction in general in this Mm -hmm. in this time because like there are so many ways that we use any number of things that aren't necessarily drugs or alcohol, (laughs) you know what I mean? To numb pain or to avoid Mm -hmm. things. And, um, and I was reading a book that was like talking about work addiction where I was like, Hmm, didn't realize that was one of the things like (laughs) that are, you know, that if you put, if you understand your value to be your productivity, which so many of us do, um, then when you're not being productive, you feel really fucking shitty, you know, and how do you face that person and say you're okay. And even what you're watching on Netflix doesn't have to be somehow related to a future project, you know, like that, like there's never a moment to just be like, I'm just doing this. Like, and I think for women too, this is a big thing of like, how do I just follow like a pleasure principle, (laughs) you know? Um, Great song. A great yeah. song. Um, Shout out to Janet. Like, <laughs> Janet, Janet forever. But how, you know, like, how do I, I've always had a hard time of like, what will just be fun or what will just be meaningful that is not about, um, yeah, like m- me creating something that then will elevate my career, you know, or something. Yeah. Right, yeah. No, I mean, it's, we've, it's, we've talked about that. We've all been going we have. to some yeah. degree. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've, I know Casey really had that thing has really struggled with that this year. Um, Especially like your identity being tied to work success and being tied to like the projects that you're able to know that you have going or whatever. And, uh, and I, and I have a hard time with it too. I always have though. I knew that that was, that was the beginning of my Instagram. (laughs) 
career. (laughs) (laughs) That's what that breakdown crisis was for me. Interesting. Um, Yeah. But, uh, but I think that's really relatable even if you're not in a creative pursuit. Because that is addiction, right? Whether yeah. it's like you're using alcohol to disconnect yourself from mm-hmm. those feelings or drugs or food mm-hmm. or Or shopping. another person or yeah, another, another person. person. Or, I, and I think America overall is probably addicted to just activity. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? And which is so weird, but yes, we are all like, I got to go to soccer. I got to go to target. I got to go to the coffee shop and wait in line. Just like everybody has this program of like kind of meaningless bullshit. Yes. Yes. Obviously there are ways that your work or the things that you're, that you're doing to keep busy can also be a way to process as we talked about some of those feelings, but still it's like a, a gray area, I guess, of like, what the ultimate goal is and right. who, who of us is creating just in a vacuum. Nobody, right? right? We're right. all looking for, for some sort of validation or love <laughs> that we are, you know, desperately craving because our inner children are just like, I mean, screaming. you don't, you don't start a, I mean, we're doing a podcast. I don't fucking know what else. <laughs> Zoe, I'm really looking forward to seeing your quarantine film. Me too. Thank you. Um, Yeah, it's it's um, myself and um, Kaylee Spaney, who's actually the star of the craft. Right, Um, right. And she was living in LA at the time, and you know she was twenty one, and and just I've I've I mean it's been hard on everybody, but I really do. My heart goes out to like people that age, especially who are just sort of entering the world. And te- um, yeah. Like late teens. And, I, yeah. I was thinking yeah. of like all the like seniors in high school, like Casey's son. I have a, a 21 year old like, and an 18 year old. Oh my God. So you're in it. Brutal. Like get, yeah. I yeah. know they don't get it. They're yeah. not making out with weird people and bars and like the next day being like, Oh God, what was that? That was terrible. <laughs> is just so it's, it's so overwhelming. And so we were, she like basically became like our pod. Um, and, and we were spending a lot of time together and, um, and we were talking a lot, she and Daryl and I about our inner children because our most vulnerable little Mm -hmm. selves who are Mm -hmm. like, who, who haven't been paid attention to because of all of the things that we have been talking about of all the distractions. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's basically, it's, it's, um, the last day on earth and Kaylee is my younger self and we are walking the empty streets of Los Angeles, sort of contending with, um, uh, what this day means. Um, and we then are checking off like a list of people that we need to say goodbye to, um, uh, before the, we're like on our way to the final party, uh, which Whitney Cummings is hosting. Honestly, autobiography, because that seems like a documentary. This is really yeah, it was happening. basically a documentary. <laughs> it's, it's basically like a parallel universe to the one we're living in, which mm. is like an apocalyptic landscape where you are really having to face like the hardest questions. Yeah. Um, of your life. So it was super therapeutic, but also really challenging. That's a real exciting. What are they going to do for Sundance this year? Can you buy tickets like virtually or whatever? Yeah, yeah. well, there'll be a, there'll be a virtual premiere, but then they're also going to do drive-ins around the country, which is oh, awesome. And yeah, I actually, yeah, I haven't been to a drive-in yet. Um, but I mean, I now either. I, really, I hope that becomes like a real norm. I know that movie theaters are vastly 
not going to be the same necessarily. I but know. I think that, I mean, I'm black, so I don't want to do shit from the 50s, but I do like a Jimmy <laughs> <Man> movie. <laughs> they only had something there. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited. There, I think um, our uh, drive-in is going to be at the Rose Bowl, which is oh, really, oh. like, I, uh, and I, I've only been to the, because I don't um, partake in any sort of like sports spectatorship, mm-hmm. no. um, uh, but I have been to the Rose Bowl to see Beyonce. And so that is my only connection <laughs> to that place. Honestly, <laughs> worth it. Oh my God. We've come full circle. Yeah. We full really circle. have. We started on Beyonce and Beyonce. And we came back to Beyonce. I'm oh, back to Beyonce I love at the it. Rose Bowl. Now, yes. have you had your moment with Beyonce is. yet? Have you had a moment with Beyonce yet? Well, um, I wouldn't call it a moment, but, but well, I'll, I'll say my the, a couple moments. One is that I went to see her um, documentary, like the first HBO. Yeah. And we're back to Ed Drosty of Grizzly Bear, if we've forgotten. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and so he, of course, had like hung out with her a bunch. Um, mm-hmm. And so we were hanging out at the after party. And so we spoke to Jay-Z but Queen B was like, of course, surrounded by like a lot of people. So I was like, do we get to talk to her? And Ed sort of like shimmied over and said, hi, I just saw her from afar. But at the Rose Bowl, she did lock eyes with me. And I know that that's true. <laughs> and, and I, and I, and it was a connection that was like no other connection I've ever had. Right. Um, my Jay-Z story is really embarrassing, which was there was a place in the West Village in New York that used to be like a real spot called um, the Spotted Pig. And, um, and I went there one night with, um, Josh Hartnett. Don't worry about it. And so Josh was like hanging out with like just the most random assortment of celebrities where you were just like, wait, you all hang out together. Like, what is the, what is the connection aside from fame? And I don't need a different connection than that. I'm just like, <laughs> I, 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 I'm into this. Um, so anyway, Jay-Z was there with like Gwyneth Paltrow and like, like just very, uh, they're sure. not a random uh, pairing, but there were Michael Stipe was there. It was a really. Um, I also saw Michael Stipe once at the Spotted Pig. I just <laughs> yes. told this story. <laughs> Ed Burns. It was a real like a uh, who's wow. who of that, that Christy moment. Christy Turlington. Christy was there as well. Obviously. Um, and uh, anyway, and, and Jay-Z was there and I died. And um and I did, and this is, I've had so many stories where I like become a complete and total weirdo with like a famous person um, and embarrass myself. But with Jay-Z, I was trying to talk, like, I didn't know, it was such a small group of people, you know, and I'd never been in that situation before. And we were like dancing. Gwyneth put a Jay-Z song on, which I found uncomfortable. Um, and then as I was leaving, I went up to him and I tapped him on the shoulder and I wow. said, um, I said, good night, Sean. No. <laughs> I don't think that's yep. embarrassing. That's I terrible. Why? And because I don't know him that way. What, what did well, he say? <laughs> he was like, good night. <laughs> wait that's amazing i do love that well i do know from being in soul cycle classes with jay-z and and beyonce that what? um that jay-z does not mind when his music comes on in fact he enjoys he it. requests it what i don't know mean? if he requests it but he does enjoy it he doesn't he mind cycles it. real hard i would um my my last beyonce story was that is that um I was at a birthday party that she was at 
uh, a couple years ago. And um, was it Ed Drosty's? It was not. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, no, but um, and there was a dance floor, and I was on it dancing with Daryl, and she and Jay Z were standing like just like you know, like the dance floor was like an inch off the ground. There was very little (laughs) difference between the dance floor and the regular floor, but they were standing just off the dance floor, but like within a foot of me. And I felt that I was dancing for them. Um, (laughs) And I I think you put a lot of pressure on yourself when it comes to to Beyonce and Sean. I think you got to give yourself a break. (laughs) I can't. There's no break. No, they're, they're um, just living rent free in your head. You gotta. I will home. say, <laughs> I will say that the days when Jay Z and Beyonce were in those Soul Cycle classes, everyone worked so fucking hard in that sure. class. That, everyone that worked a, hard. Yes, except except for your girl, who was just, just doing the same thing I always would do. <laughs> when um when my son was little, he went to the daycare at the Rosie O'Donnell show where I was a writer, and um Destiny's Child came on the show very often. Oh my god. And one day when they were on the show, I went to the nursery to get my son for lunch. And they were like, oh, Destiny's Child came and got him. And he's on the set with them while they're rehearsing because they like babies. You know, they think it's fun to play with babies. So I just went on the set and saw my son was like a little toddler guy. And Beyonce was holding him on her hip. And I was like, hey, bud, there you are. And she was like, tell mommy what I taught you to say. And then my son said, Beyonce is my fiance. Wait, that is the greatest Beyonce story story of all time. How do you just let me like talk about my fucking drivel when you were (laughs) sitting on that? Please. I was like, I've been in soul cycle with them. Come on. You're like, she's the godmother to my child. (laughs) Not really. But the funniest thing is like my, like whenever my son would then, like when he was in preschool, he'd hear, you know, Beyonce singing. And then he'd be like, I kind of know Beyonce. And people would be like, you do not. And I'd be like, well, he has met her. <laughs> he did have that 45 minutes on her hip. Engaged. Oh that is iconic. What a life. That's truly iconic. Wow. Um, what a flex. I well, Zoe, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I can't thank you enough. I think you should write a movie for Beyonce. <laughs> oh my God. Guaranteed That's the rest Oscar. of quarantine. Yes. That's the rest of my quarantine. We've, we've cracked it. Breaking, breaking the Beyonce hey, movie that you're going to write. I think, and it, I think it starts with you busy at the flea market. Mm-hmm. The journal is hers. Yes. And she lives, <laughs> and she's in the seventies. Yeah. Right. It's I love 70, it. It's a Beyonce period piece, but yeah. it starts kind of like never ending story with you in the present. I love it. I love Perfect. it so much. You and Fred Savage are at the um, flea market. <laughs> I swear to God, I knew you were going to say Fred Savage. I swear to God, I knew it. And that's why she's a witch, folks. And that's why she's a witch. It is. All right. Um, Well, I adore you. Zoe Lister-Jones, it was such a pleasure to talk to you. You're a delight. I want to thank you for having a great um, Wi-Fi connection. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the best Um, one I think anyone's had so far. Best sound we've had in in a long while. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I'll take that. Yeah. Um, I made that connection because 2020 is really about connection. You know, it's all about connection. 
It's yeah. all about connection. Um, it was it was such a, a pleasure and honor to oh, uh, to be here today. Oh, thank you. Keep being um, prolific. I can't wait to read. You too. Zoe's gonna Zoe's gonna be one of the people that like you know they're like just on Twitter. It got so annoying to me when people are like. You don't, you shouldn't, if you can't write a novel during court, don't feel yeah, pressure yeah, yeah. to do anything. Yeah. And so yeah. he's like, I actually, <laughs> I actually I mean, did I, it all. I don't I made a pressure, movie, but I am doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I broke a, an entire series. I outlined it, wrote it, sold but it. But listen, I never baked a loaf of sourdough. And that's also, you know, it's, it's about, I, I wish that I could know how to do that. You can buy that. That's right. That you can just buy. Wait, before we go, I'll just say this. All bread should cost a thousand dollars. After you make (laughs) one loaf of bread, the amount of work that it takes, and they sell it for like two dollars. I made some bread and I was like, this should be a hundred million dollars. Like who just we throw this at birds? Foolish. So hard, (laughs) so expensive. So much work. We just throw it on the ground. I will never throw a loaf of bread on the ground oh to a bird. God. It's too much work. So you didn't make sourdough. It's okay. It's too yeah. fucking hard. It's hard as fuck. You know yeah, I didn't make um, All right, Zoe, we love you. Thank you Bye. so much. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Okay, Zoe, I love Zoe. And I am kidding. I'm not. I, I wasn't. Upset that I wasn't asked to be in her. Um, I loved how much Beyonce gossip that interview had. Listen, here's what I'm gonna say: that Zoe and I both love Beyonce. Mm-hmm. That is true. Everybody does. I mean, who doesn't? And the people everybody who don't, correct, loves yeah. her. And everybody who doesn't, stop trying to tell people who like her why you don't. We don't fucking care. Yeah, yeah knock it <laughs> it's off. annoying. It's fucking annoying. Knock it off. Wait, if you don't like Beyonce like- or Magic, stay the fuck away from me. Oh my god, did you guys watch the Bee Gees documentary? Yes. I heard it's fantastic. I'm gonna watch it this weekend when I'm recovering. Oh my god. First of all, they're hot. So Secondly, hot. well, Andy is the Gib, hottest, the littlest, uh, who the tragically. R.I.P. Hot. But there were some shots of him where I was like, that looks exactly like Heath Ledger. Oh, yes. I exactly. Could see that. I exactly could see that. like him. I got to go watch it. You know what was it. so shocking? He was like, he was a baby in the, you know, they showed yeah. him as like a little kid. And then he started to like get famous in his teen years. Like he got into the family business. Mm-hmm. What 17 year old is as hairy as Andy Gibb was? Did you see that? Well, in Did the seventies, like, they made him different. Everybody. Why was hairy is hell. that? Why? In <laughs> Everybody the 70s? was so heavy, hairy. Wait, what you guys. Wait, 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 guys. Happening? Guys, I have to tell you a story about my show. You're going to okay. love it. Okay. So, without giving too much away, I did have to do a thing that involved wearing like those kind of like sheer but like shiny tights. Yeah. And then like a leotard mm-hmm. that was sort of high cut leotard, mm-hmm. you know? French. Yeah, cut. like like a those French. 80s. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And yeah, like early 90s, right. Mm hmm. And a French cut leotard and those those tights that are like sheer all the way up to the waist. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I'm doing this thing. And then my the woman who is my stand-in comes up and she's like, um, so I think you should just go to the restroom maybe. I feel like when you do the kick, you can really see some hair. 
<laughs> and you guys, do you know what is worse than like pubic hair peeking out of the side of like a leotard or a bathing suit? It is pubic hair smashed flat <laughs> against against tights. Like that, when a robber puts like a pantyhose over their face. Tights. They just like smash. <laughs> and I was like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> that is so horrifying. But also great looking out. Great yeah. looking out. Thank you. I love you. Also, that. that means that you're a good person because if you were like a like a real bitch, if you're that standing, you're like, well, I'm just gonna let that girl. <laughs> I'm just gonna let her live her life. Oh, guess like who's that. guess who's about to get a forty fucking dollar candle for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you something. Anyway, Can I just tell you uh, we haven't done a Hollywood break. Hollywood break. Um, so much of my job in television has been just making sure that someone's vagina does not show. Great. Oh, that's man. like, that's because, like, well, on Bravo, right. You were like on yeah. the it's live. It's yeah. housewives. It's housewives. dresses. And do they like, wear underwear? We don't know. You always know within a minute or two. <laughs> <laughs> my dad still talks about the one woman who came to my wedding who was doing high kicks with no sure. underwear on sure. at the end when everybody was drunk. <laughs> yeah. And he still talks about it to this day. <laughs> Never it's seen anything. He was shocked. It's memorable. <laughs> and like, that's no shade. Like we all have vaginas. They're all in there. I well, love them also, lying about. Well, well here's yeah. the thing. You're, you had a surprise wedding. So yes. she did not know that she was going to be know. kick. She didn't know. She didn't know about the wedding. Did she show up thinking it was a party? Yeah, because she just thought it was a party. No so undies. High kick. She so, just yeah. thought she was going to show her vagina at a party <laughs> and not a wedding. Not a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Oh, my gosh. Well, guys, we did it. We did it. We did another day. That's it. A week? <laughs> a day? A week. An hour? We, we got did. through <sighs> since last week. This might be a little late. It might not. We'll see how it goes. I mean, listen... Life is like the pubic hair that peeks out <laughs> of your high cut leotard being pressed against the pantyhose that you're wearing. And you, you don't need never to explain that. You don't need to explain that. Life is like pubic hair pressed against a leotard. That's right. Everyone will fucking get it. That's right. That is. That is. That was actually yeah. the original line in Forrest Gump. Yeah. <laughs> and then they had there was Robert Zemeckis was like I feel like this is not relatable I don't think America's ready for it yet he was right he was right <laughs> he was right but you know what America you're ready for it now <laughs> at least the people listening to this fucking podcast because you all know what I'm talking about in any way Shantira can't wait to see you with your new bod thanks very exciting. That's I'm thinking of you. We'll be there with you in spirit. Me and my T-spine can't wait. <laughs> oh, you're going to do so good. All right, guys. Well, listen. Merch is coming. No, merch is, merch is there. 
Merch is there. You already swiped up. You already bought everything you wanted. Um, And also thanks to everybody who's been downloading the podcast and like sort of recommending it in their year end recommendations. That's really nice. We got when Spotify had everyone showing their like top things that they were Mm -hmm. listening to. We showed up on a lot of those posts and that was like that blew my mind. That felt amazing. And I just want to say thank you so much for that. Yeah, me too. I agree. Now it's nine o'clock where I am. If you had asked me one minute ago, I would have told you it was midnight. <laughs> every <laughs> every night at four thirty, I go, It's midnight. It's midnight. <laughs> it's midnight all the time. I'm sure well. if you're listening to this, it's midnight. Good night. It's permanent midnight. I mean it's permanent midnight you. right now. <laughs> Wait. Oh my god, you guys, Erica Cloud was uh here because she was doing a thing with Casey Musgraves. Erica Cloud was my stylist on Busy Tonight. And they were shooting at my studio at Kaufman Studios. And so I know. So like they had to get tested and they what the whole thing. But it was crazily last week, my one day off. So when she was leaving work, she was like, this is so lame that like I've been tested and all this stuff. And I was like, well, you want to come over? We can sit in my backyard. It's not too cold. Like we can wear masks and whatever. You got tested anyway and whatever. And she was like. Yeah, actually, we're, you know, we're just like heading back to the hotel and like, can you give me like an hour? I just need to decompress. And I was like, well, yes, except I just I have a really big day and a really early call tomorrow. So I just don't know, you know, like, just make sure you (laughs) tell me sooner rather than later. And then from across the room, Mark, who had been like sort of listening to me talk to Erica, yells out, busy. It's 520 p.m. And I was like, oh shit, sorry. I thought it was eight o'clock at night. I like swear to God, if you had, I I thought it was eight at night and she was like, give me an hour. And I was like, ugh, by nine, I don't know. I have to like start getting the kids ready for bed. And like, no, it was 520. It's midnight. All an hour's time. fine. An hour's fine. Turns yeah. out we'll be fine. Well, guys, wherever you are, it's I hope it's not too dark. <laughs> And um, and we'll be back next week. Yeah. yeah, we'll be back next week. And so much will be different maybe next week when we yeah. talk to you. That's exciting. I might not be so tired because I won't be working. I won't be tired because my titties will not be as heavy. <laughs> Shantira will have all new titties. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you, you at home, you'll be different too in ways that maybe we know, maybe we don't. Maybe you want to reach out and tell us. And if you do, we appreciate it. All right. Well, that's all. I have to go to bed now. Yeah. We got to let Busy go to bed. And maybe you have to go to bed too. We love you guys. Thank love you, you for hang- hanging out with us. It's really six o'clock you. and I got to go to bed. I'm tired. Love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, no. <laughs>